This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are covering uh, the six-man rankings for the 2018-2019 season, continuing our series. Next week, we do have coaches, and I think that's it, right? Or do we do... A, no, we do the teams. We do the teams, too. We got two so we got, So we got two more weeks after this, and then we'll jump back into uh, regular news. But starting off the podcast... Check out patreon.com slash most about podcast because you can be like our first guest. Jake is back on the podcast for the 10th straight month. It's 11. Is oh, it 11? Yeah, no, October yeah. I think is the 12th. Oh, oh snap. We're going to have a birthday party in here. It's going to be a good time, Because everybody. the first podcast was the Laker one. Yeah. We talked about the Clippers and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. We talked about Lonzo and then he mm-hmm. dropped double the next yeah. <laughs> This kid sucks. Drops a triple double. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Pepe did put the clamps on him. He did. And we, that was why we talked about, you know, Pepe and then Pepe got injured like yep. the next game. Uh, but anyways, uh, we're going to be talking with Jake. Uh, some hot takes for the 2018-2019 season. We're all going to give some hot takes and we're going to have to defend them. So there is no just saying, that's the way I feel. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I just think that you need to bring some uh, some, some evidence. You some need to bring gusto. some, you, well, you need some backbone. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to your argument. So, Jake, since you brought the topic to us, do you want to start first or do you want to pick who starts first? No, no, we got, we got to go. I think we have to go to Ricky first. <laughs> so we'll do uh, Ricky, Dave, we'll do you, and then we'll end on me. Because I think mine uh, will end on me because I have uh, one that ties into last week's topic and a, a discussion, uh, more of a fight that you and I have been having on Twitter. But, Ricky, we'll start with you. I mean, the only thing that I could, when I knew, like, okay, this is what we were going to talk about, the thing I am going to go with is that it's kind of a one hot take, but it's got two parts to it. Part A is that Giannis will never win a title with the Bucks, where it's like, whoop-de-doo, like, how much of a hot take is that? But even more so, 2021, when his contract is up, he's going to be leaving. Okay. He will leave Milwaukee a la KD did around the same age. Real quick, I'm really glad you understood the topic. Uh, it's hot takes for the 2018-2019 season, buddy. Well, I mean, never going to win the, like, the Bucks that's, aren't going to. That's more than let, one season. So the Bucks aren't going to win the season. Way. The Bucks are not going to be anything this year. They're going to be. What mean? They're going to be like a. The Bucks are missing playoffs. They're going to be not missing the playoffs, but they're going to be like a bottom feeder losing the first round. Because most people think, oh, they're going to do something this year. Giannis and that team are not going to do anything besides making the playoffs in the week east, and not even that is anything special. Ricky, I, I think you need to add up some spice on that shit. It is not hot <laughs> enough of a take. Everybody's got the Bucks in the playoffs. You can't just say that they'll and lose in the first the round. The thing, too, is, I mean, they've lost the past two years in the first round. So it's just Yeah, but this is different. They got Budenhoser. They got Giannis. They're going to bring <laughs> it back together, and it's like, no, they're not going to do anything. But also, I mean, the it's, box. it's a first-year coach with a new team. Yeah, but and it's like everyone's like, "Oh, it's Budenhoser. He's going to do like no." The the hype on the Bucks is way too real. They lose Jabari Parker. Giannis is going to be good, but this Bucks team, I would say, if LeBron was still in the East and the East was a little tougher, I would say, yeah, they'll miss the playoffs. But it's like the East. It's like you can half the teams can wake up and probably make the playoffs. This year, so do you That's have how them, easy it's going to be? I'll do you have them like finishing eighth or yeah, something? Yeah, probably like six through eight. Like they'll be six through eight. They'll be a road team, and then they're they'll lose in the first round. Yeah. 
So, I mean, how how hot do you think that is, Jake? I want what we'll do is after every single one, I want I want to get a, a hot level from from one to ten. How hot was that in your mind? Uh, how hot of a take? I, I thought it was. I thought it was okay him saying that they were, were going to win in the first round, but he went when he said six three. I, I say he at a ten, he probably hit like a, probably like a like a six, like a six. That's yeah. I think I my, me personally, I think they're going to lose to Indiana in the first round as the five seed, but um, I, I think six to eight might be a little bit bad. I think Giannis will be top five in MVP. Was he top five in MVP voting last year? No, I don't think he was. No, if he was, I think he'll be top five. Oh, that's not my hot take, but I think he'll be top five in MVP voting this year. And I think they'll put up a fight, but I think Indiana's just too good, and they'll fall to the four seed, and they're better than a four seed most years. Voting last year, uh, Giannis was six. It went uh, Harden, LeBron, AD, Dame, Russ, and then uh, Giannis at six. Um, so, Ricky, you started us mm-hmm. off with, a, 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 I'll say, a mild to a hot take. I think, mm-hmm. I think you know, five would probably be mild. Anything above would be well, would, would be hot. This is a little confusion for me coming into it. I thought we were just doing hot takes in general. If you want to go with another one, if I can double dip a little bit. This one might be a little bit more, a little hot, a little bit more spicy. Okay. Guaranteed Lakers will be in the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Year that's one with hard. LeBron. Okay. That is, there we go. That's the Ricky Weeks. <laughs> but, but why? There in, it well, it's to me, first off. Why LeBron, are they the second best team first in the West? First off, then? LeBron James, like you go ahead and add him to any team. He'll, he'll If he willed that Cavalier team to a top seed in the East, he the can, will, he can will, will this Laker team with way better talent into the playoffs. With I see them right now probably being a three or four in the West, and then they'll win their first-round game. They'll win their second-round game. The second-round one will be a little bit tougher because they'll probably have to play the Warriors or the Rockets, depending on if they're a three or a four, and they will beat whoever they play in that second-round game to play then the Rockets or the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. We're hitting Fuego levels. Hot takes here. Okay, so how are they better than the Cavs were last year? Because you look at that team, they've got Lonzo Balls better than half the people on that Cavaliers team. Kuzma, was he better than George Rondo. Hill? I mean, I know I understand I, that you know Lonzo would, has more potential and was a number two pick, but George Hill's still a solid yeah, player. I would say that this team, Luke Walton to me, is a better coach than Ty Lue was. Because really, oh, what was TBD. our— No, no, no. What was our joke with the Cavaliers? That Ty Lue wasn't the coach. LeBron yeah. was the coach. You can make you the same thing here. You don't think he's going to override Luke Walton? I mean, there's a little bit. The only thing that's a little different in the Lakers' case is Magic Johnson. Like, there's actual GM, there's actual ownership that LeBron trusts. Like, Dan Gilbert, it was like, whatever, LeBron runs the show. I hate the guy, but, hey, he brings my team into the finals. Like, there was this distrust. There's more trust between LeBron and the ownership. That means LeBron's going to work better with the coach, with Luke Walton. And then all the talent, Lonzo, Kuzma, Rondo, Stevenson, Be Easy. I like what they have with the Lakers, even JaVale McGee, who I kind of agree with people who were uh, saying he was a little underranked in our rankings, and I kind of had him a little underranked in our rankings as well. They're going to be a better team than the Cavs were. That's no shocker, but they're going to make the Western Conference Finals because of LeBron and Rondo coaching up. Lonzo Ball, Lance Stevenson being that enforcer in the playoffs, all the guys, Rondo, Be Easy, Stevenson, they're going to make their dividends in the playoffs being enforcers, being tough guys for this team. Be Easy a tough guy. I love it. It's hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like, okay. So, I mean, Kevin Love is by far the best player out of any of those players. Mm-hmm. And then also... The rest of it, I lean Lakers. I don't know. I mean, is TT better, like, clearly better than JaVale McGee? 
I don't know if he's mm. clearly back. I'd, oh, say, that's a, that's I'd a push. say it's worse. It's a push. That's a push. Um, then I think the Lakers are younger, but also there was more homogeneity on that Cleveland but, team that works better with LeBron, where we, we don't know we, if where, where the Lakers went to the discount bargain bin and, and picked up these free agents but and I mean, just threw them yeah, together. Yeah, but they picked up the guys LeBron wanted. Rodney Hood or B.I. Like, okay, but, okay, but we're, you're also talking about LeBron trusting mm-hmm. ownership and being able to work with I mean, everyone there, it's a 50, but then also they're still caving into all of LeBron's I mean, demands. I mean, it's a 50-50 Like, Jake, put your earmuffs on. When they were, when LeBron was talking to the 76ers, no, he went, like, Magic Johnson went to his house to basically have a two-hour, what are we going to do, because you know you're going to sign with us, kind of a meeting. So it was a 50-50, hey, we're going to get the guys that you want, because that's why LeBron was going to go somewhere, if he had the power to bring in the guys he wanted, and he did, and I like the veterans that they brought in. Mainly Rondo and Stevenson are the two that I think they're going to play dividends. And I am really excited. Really what I'm thinking, Western Conference Finals, is yeah. I want Lakers-Warriors because I want to see the Lakers try to bully up the Warriors and kind of prove to where it's yeah. like, hey, is this Warrior team soft? Or can they then man up and go to the Lakers who are adding some tough guys? You want to jump in, Jake? Yeah, um, well, I'll just tell you. <laughs> I love that. I don't know. I'll, I'll start with, uh, I think the Lakers are going to be the sixth seed, and I think they're going to have a first-round exit to the Utah Jazz, to the runner-up of the rookie of the year this year, Donovan Mitchell. Well, the Not true rookie, rookie of the year. Rookie. Throwing some shade. No, no. Um, I think, <laughs> kind of, my hot take kind of has to do with LeBron, but I won't say it yet, but um, I think the team is very young, and they have a lot of really good talent, but none of it's proven. None of it's played in the playoffs before. Luke Walton hasn't coached a game in the playoffs yet, and the only experience he had in high-pressure games was really when he had when he coached the Warriors, and he had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson at his disposal. But now he's I got don't LeBron. think that. Uh, yeah, great. He's got LeBron, but he's also going to have to bold. They're all going to have to bold the young talent. Are you going to start? It's so weird because to me, because Rondo always plays so well in the playoffs. Yep. So are you going to start? Are you going to start Rondo in the playoffs? Because kind of. Ha- I mean, if yeah. the dude's putting up numbers like he was last year, are you going to put? Lonzo off the bench and start Rondo. Yes, I mean, yes, you are, Jake. You're, yeah. you're right in that feeling. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody knows I love Lonzo and I love the Lakers, but uh, it's just, uh, I just, I just don't un- like see this team at all. I don't think that they would beat the Houston Rockets even close. I think the only team they could match up as a lower seed and beat in the first round would be the Thunder potentially. But I don't think they'd beat. They wouldn't beat the Rockets. They wouldn't. Obviously, they wouldn't beat the Warriors. And I don't think they'd beat Utah. But it's a hot take, and that's what this segment's all about. True. Let's move to Dave. Dave, give me your hot take for the 2018-2019 season. My hot take is that the Memphis Grizzlies return to playoff prominence, dragging their <gasps> old and broken ass in. Yes. Huh. Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, G League looking I'm, I'm team. I'm being serious. Who, Memphis Grizzlies okay. <laughs> bringing their G League looking ass in to the playoffs. Why is that? I think that the reemergence uh, of a talented point guard makes a world of difference. You get a healthy Mike Conley out there. I know he's the nearly all-star. He's the nearly, you know, top guy. But, like, him being on this team is is a huge swing. They've done pretty good this offseason. I, I don't want to give them too much credit, but they've done pretty good to rebuild this team, adding in Sloma, who I think we're going to see a lot out of this year. I think Kyle Anderson's one of those guys who, from an efficiency standpoint, from an advanced standpoint, is like someone people love, but getting him really unleashed and letting him kind of run. I want to see him run the offense a little bit. I, I'm curious to see what he can do. 
outside of the system that mm-hmm. was the San Antonio Spurs. I love their first-round pick in Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he is an instant contributor. I think he plays at a high level. He's a smart kid, and his shot is just going to sink it. I think they're a tough team, and I think they're still going to have the talent to go right back to the playoffs. I know the West is tough. I know they're stacked. I know everyone's counting teams out, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at that pack in the middle, and I'm going, you're going to fall. Well, and the, the pack in the middle is something that I understand because, I mean, you, yep. you look at how tight that was. I mean, it yeah, makes sense through, that teams are going to fall out. Three through eight was like two games. And also you add in the Lakers. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they're going to be a competitor, yeah. and, and they're going to fight. And the Nuggets, who were just outside of the playoffs, they're going to fight for, for a spot. Um, it, it, I mean, also you got to look at that second union. You're led by Andrew Harrison and Jermichael Green. I mean, those are playoff competitors. Oh, we're right feeling there. it. This, this is hot takes, buddy. Hot takes. Is, Charles, Ch- you know, is Chandler Parsons also going to come back to form? Returns to what form? Which year? Uh, we're going to pick like 2014. Whatever year he was healthy. Well, I think 2014 was like that one year he popped off with the Rockets. Did he play over 50 games? I don't know, and I'm not going to look it up. That's Has how he much ever played I over 50 games? Hot take. Anyways. Uh, Jake, on, on 1 to 10, how spicy was it? I love it. So I'm gonna say a ten, but I love it. <laughs> I actually agree with him. I agree with him. What? I think, I think they. I agree with you. I think they drafted the most NBA ready prospect in the draft in Triple J. I think last year was just a bloop on the radar. I think you get Mike Connolly back, and I think everybody said there's so many teams that could fall out of the playoffs. I mean, this, what was it? The three seed was two or three games out of not being in the playoffs last year. I mean, every, everything it, was it, really tight. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think I, I love it. I love it. Go Grizzlies. Go Grizz. I think Go it's Grizz. right in that range of like, that shouldn't yeah. be a thing, but it could happen. I, I mean, we have a lot of yeah. Grizzly fans, and I think uh, our boy Austin, I think that's uh, the guy who was DMing me on Twitter, uh, he was talking you know, pretty positive about his Grizzlies. I'm still rooting so. for them to be re, to, to be moved and become the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. The new Spurs. Uh, we, were pr- we were trying to you know bring back our I'm Grizzlies because we constantly crap on the Grizzlies. Oh. I constantly the- yell at their GM. But can we just admit I mean, that they're like the obvious choice to become the next Seattle Supersonics? Unless there's expansion, Charlotte. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, Charlotte, maybe Brooklyn. Jordan, uh, no. Brooklyn's too new. No, they're not in the New York Brooklyn. area. I know, I know. I bet Jordan. you as soon as they said it, Milwaukee. <laughs> You're gonna. I mean, come on. I mean, what? No, I, I just talked stadium. about how they're trash. That's true. I don't know. I'm just in Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. Z gonna come at you. If anything. And Memphis fans will get mad at me for this. If anything, if the Grizzlies are gonna move, I want them to go back to Vancouver. That's no what one I wants want. to see. No Vancouver one the Vancouver Grizzlies. No. The old jerseys. No, I want Greg Ostertag to be there. No, the no. only reason why Toronto works is because it's right over the border. I mean, Vancouver it's like the is most so American city. far <laughs> out. Uh, it's it's a long trip, and it's it's going to be bad for. What about for Montreal? Travels. Can we get a Montreal French, NBA team? And they no. hate America. Okay. They, Seattle is they the, hate Canada the prime too. They're French, but also it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Jake, you ready for your hot take, or do you want to go oh, last? Yeah. No, no, I can go. I can go okay. All right. I don't know how exactly hot this is. We'll see. I, uh, ben Simmons won rookie of the year. That, nice. That an yes. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I no, know where um, this is going. I believe. Where, where do you think it's going? Where do you think? Jake was making a joke and already brought up LeBron. That, that's, that was a hint. Just just go ahead, yeah. Jake. Go ahead. Yeah. This will be the first season since 2005-2006 that LeBron James will not finish inside the top five in MVP voting. Oh. I don't think – Earning the sixth seed will not grant you any closer to an MVP. I think Giannis moves in to the to one of the slots. I just don't think. And we, you were just talking about Ricky, how much talent they have. Mm-hmm. If they have so much talent, then they should be in the playoffs if they have the best player in the NBA. It shouldn't be that he. I mean, he should have already won a lot more MVPs than he did. It's kind of the same thing. It's Jordan syndrome. Jordan. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They should have won more. Um, 
and I just don't think earning the sixth seed in the West, and then obviously the playoffs don't matter, but they're probably going to get eliminated in the first round. I don't think it earns them an MVP this year or even top five. See, I'm a little, I'm a little upset, and I know how uh, Sean would usually ask you the spiciness of it. I'm going to go with a little bit of a five on the spiciness meter. No because way. No, 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 no. Because I thought you were going to go bold, Jake. I thought you were going to go, you know what? I, I am going to let my fandom take over. I thought you were going to say that Ben Simmons wins the MVP this year. That's, that's what I thought you were leading up to. Is it really Joel, that stupid? I mean, it's not going to happen, but that's what I thought he was going to go with. I, with I thought he was going to go with the Sixers championship. Mm-hmm. That, that, oh, that was my Jake hot take. My, uh, no, I'm not that dumb. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows the Celtics are a team. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till Kyrie has his like, six knee surgery in the last three years. Uh, be great. Better than two point Ben. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> two point Ben. Or one point Ben was that one point Ben. Yeah, you got to get the burn right at least. He put up, okay, hold up. We're going we're gonna to talk to this for a second. I had a discussion with somebody on Twitter about this because people on Twitter love to put the meme where it's Wilt Chamberlain and it has one on it and yep. it has his face on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's great that the men average 16, 8, and 7 in the playoffs and that people like to focus on one game. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's fun, you know. And also, he did win Rookie of the Year, Ricky, if you didn't know that. Well, um, I mean, my he other wasn't a true rookie, Okay, fuck off. Okay. Fuck off. I'm so sick of that joke. I saw I was going to get it. I get it. He's a second. He's a second. He was drafted two years ago. It's, it's oh, my not, God. It's, it's, oh, my God. It's not I, even no, a it's joke. Not, it's not even you. It's not even you. It's everybody. Everybody yeah, just needs no. to shut up about that joke. But it's not it's a so joke. Bad. I'm being dead serious. No, he technically no, wasn't people, a rookie. Oh my, yes, he was. No. He a rookie is defined as the first year of play. No, technically, he was in the NBA for two years, so technically wasn't a rookie. he did not play a game But I know by the rules he was a rookie. I get it. We're done. The mic is that's not a joke. Like, I, I'm um, this is no point, Jake. This is for you. This is for Ricky. This is for Dave. This is for any future patron. This is for any future guest. If you are on this podcast and you bring up the fact that of your Ben Simmons wasn't actually a rookie, well, you are either going to get hung up on or you are going to get thrown out of the room. You're not going to get hung up on. I'll, I'll veto that. I'll call you right back. That would just wow, be mean to a patron. That, that's, I don't, that would that's, just be mean. I, I'm first off. I'm setting up the rules, <laughs> and I said I'm hanging up on you. I didn't say I wasn't going to call you back, but you're getting hung up. I respect that. I think it's worth it. I this is my that. dojo. I love that this role. is my dojo. I mean, I mean I'm just, I'm not even saying it's you a joke. What? I'm We're dead good. serious. <laughs> We're good. Jake, I'll give We're you, a, I'll give you like, terms. I, I will a five say five on spicy though. No, I, I, I think this is extremely hot. Really? Okay. 2005, 2006. Let's put this in perspective. Yeah. I was eight years old. <laughs> I was eight years old. I am 21 years old. I can legally drink alcohol That's right now. That's my birthday, Sean. That was not, that was not 10 uh, years ago, that Blated. was literally Jesus, thir- we that was 13 years ago. LeBron James was <laughs> not did not finish in the top five. He hasn't that finished. Was in, he hasn't finished in high school. Can yep. you talk? He hasn't finished uh, <laughs> outside the top three since 2007, 2008. That's extremely hot. That the best player in the league is not going to be uh, in you know in, in the top five of voting. And also, I mean, we could argue probably the past three years he probably should have ended up actually winning it. I mean, maybe outside of Steph's 2015, 2016. I mean, triple double. You to take away from the triple double, or you take away from James Harden, who for three years missed out on being. I agree with the James Harden thing, but also with the triple double thing, you voted for James Harden over Russell Westbrook this year, not <laughs> no, last, last year. year. No, last, last year, year, year I thought I voted for the triple double. Mm. Ricky was the one who was making the point about for the what? assists. I think no, you're you talking were... about the rankings last yeah, year. No, we... last year for MVP, you voted. You went with Le- LeBron. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want LeBron. I think you were going hard. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to dig up the tapes. We'll put Ricky on that one. Would you want to jump on with Jake though? Didn't. Ross averaged a triple double this year. He, he did. Win MVP. Well, yeah, so it wasn't. Why the, didn't he win it this year? It wasn't the new hot thing. It yeah, wasn't I mean, new. You did it before. Our, it's less I, impressive now. 
Oscar did it before too, so why was it impressive when Russ did it? Well, because it was like forty years ha- Cause, between. Because that's how the writers yeah. work. The writers go, "Ooh, yeah, look at right. that!" And then you do it again. It's like, "Yeah, eh, whatever." You that's already just, did it. That's just my point, though. Like, yeah, great. He averaged triple double. It's, it's still impressive. Still shouldn't have won MVP. But uh, still shouldn't have won MVP. It's also uh, the, the LeBron. I mean, he's still going to be the best player in the NBA, whether they only only the six seed or whatever. I mean, if he puts up, you know. 28 7 and 7 again, or 27 7 and 7. He'll never do it. He's still, well, in a game, but he's done it over his (laughs) career. I know. I I mean, he he could still end up. That would be be a great hot take. LeBron finally has a game of 27 (laughs) 7 and 7. Jump in, Jake. The odds are there. Oh, I was just looking at who I think is going to jump into the top five, and I think DeMar DeRozan is going to jump into the top five this year. I think what? he's going to great year in San Antonio. That's a double he hot. Was nine, he, was, he was eight this year, and now he gets straight to a better team with a better coach. I think he's going to jump a into the top five. A better team is questionable. Oh, better uh, coach, I mean, they I'll take it. Last year without their best player, so I mean, in the West. You mean you've been singing the Spurs praises? I have been, but they also lost all of their veteran leadership on that mm-hmm. team. No Tony Parker, yeah, no Manu Ginobili. But they got Paul Gasol. They got Marco Bellinelli. That's all that matters. Oh, my He's God. Be shots. Oh my God. Um, real quick, though, with the Rosen thing, uh, also, Kawhi didn't play last year. So you got to assume yeah. that Kawhi is going exactly. to jump up at least and possibly overtake DeMar because he is the Unless player. he has a bad year. And also, well, here's, maybe. Well, okay, so, and then Bede was 12 last year. He's going to be number one because he's going to win MVP. <laughs> there so you go. That's gonna and be, Ben's, that's too. Mark three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, then we all know the GOAT Brown the is coming in at number four. Uh, T.J. McConnell can't be in any awards because it's not fair to everybody else. <laughs> you know, it's just not fair. And, dude, okay, hold on. Side note, I saw trade rumors for T.J. McConnell, and I would literally cry if we traded T.J. McConnell. I would trade. Uh, if Marco Fultz comes out this year and doesn't perform like a starting caliber player that he should be you should trade him before He's you starting trade him. shooting oh, guard okay. by like there's your hot mid-season. take hold on hold on here jake tomorrow yeah. morning you get a call from from your boy your 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 boy brett brown right and he calls you yeah. and says jake you're you're a diehard sixer fan you're the number one sixer fan i need your help and, and whatever you say will go do we trade Markel Fultz or do we trade TJ McConnell? Who are you trading? I said no 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 you misheard me no i know but no, no i I'm, I'm giving you a hypothetical I keep both, you know. I don't trade either. You don't trade your two so, best players. I believe that if it was Colangelo calling. What if you? What if you were? What if you were trading? Now here's another hypothetical. What if you were trading Markel Fultz for TJ McConnell, or vice versa? You know what? I wouldn't make decisions because I'm not the success front office because we don't have a GM. But yeah. you could be. You could be the GM because there is no GM right now. Um, I, I mean, that, hey. Maybe they can do a Patreon for their GM, <laughs> where it's like, if you want to get in on this. We vote. It's a straw poll. Everybody votes on the screen. You put $10 into the pot, and you get a vote you each month. You get a month. percentage towards GM. <laughs> hey, Jake, final I, thoughts on your on your uh, your, your, oh, your hot take. beautiful. I think, um, like I said, I think there's just a lot of, I don't, I don't even know, to be honest. I just don't think LeBron's going to finish top five. My other hot take was going to be the fact that I think the Indiana Pacers are going to beat the Boston Celtics in the second round. Ooh. We can. That, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a hot take. I called that. I called, I said they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You didn't yeah, say over the si- got, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> no, but which, I, I yeah, said that's it. You I probably said, said over the Sixers, like you disrespect them every week. <laughs> you know. You can't talk. You can't say anything. You know. Oh, the seven. I, I, whatever, Jake. <laughs> you, <laughs> everything's disrespectful with the 76ers. Yeah, you know, Joe and B. 
you know, Nicole Jokic, yeah, one finished 12th at MVP voting. Well, thank you for that great segment because now <laughs> we are going to get into my hot take. And here's the thing. I did some research like Jake did on, on LeBron's finishes in the MVP because yeah. I got to see, you know, when was the last time LeBron really wasn't relevant in, yeah. in, the, uh, in, the, in the MVP voting? Last time he finished lower than third was 2007-2008. I don't think that is going to change. So I think he's going to be in the top three somewhere. I also think that Anthony Davis, I'm not making this pick yet, but I think Anthony Davis will for sure be in the top three because he's going to probably take New Orleans to a fourth seed, and DeMarcus mm. won't be there for that full season. It's going to be all on AD, and AD is getting better. Well, he's only on 24. Team, yeah. What? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. saying he's not on the team yeah. anymore. Like, you know, for a full season. That's what I thought. I mean, like, yeah. you know, last year, like, last year, AD took a rise because DeMarcus was gone. AD started balling yep. out. Now the focus will be solely on AD again, and this will be a good team. It's not going to be like you know previous years where the team sucked, but AD was great. Team's going to be good. AD's going to be good. So I think those two are going to finish in the top three. What can James Harden do to get him you know, back in the top three? I mean, he can have the same season over again, but that team's gotten worse. I don't think they're going to be the number one team in the Western Conference. And that was a big reason why he won MVP last year. Because you look at the prior yeah. years, you know, three years, arguably he could have been MVP before then. You know, he wasn't the best team in the Western Conference. I don't think he's going to be the best team in the Western Conference this year. And I think, you know, Westbrook has an argument. I think uh, Giannis has an argument. I think, you know, probably KD and Steph will, but they're probably going to split it anyways. I think Kawhi will probably most likely have an argument as well. But I think one man will slip in there, and it will because of his team's performance in the Western Conference, a team that will finish third in the Western Conference Behind the uh, b- behind the uh, Golden State Warriors, and I will say the Houston Rockets, it is Nikola Jokic. Nikola what? Jokic last uh, year averaged 20. <laughs> t- you said hot takes, brother. Uh, last year, uh, per 36, Jokic, he only played 32 minutes per game last year, uh, averaged, uh, per, this is per 36 though, uh, 20.4 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, 6.7 assists, 49, 39, and 85 from the field. I think Jokic can get that up to, with more minutes, 22 points per game, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 50, 40, and 85. Only 19, if Jokic does this, 19 players have done that in the NBA. It's something that is, first off, historical. It is ridiculous. And players before have won the MVP off that. Bird twice. Uh, Dirk before. And KD, I think, as well. Steve Nash also twice as well. I think that if he goes out, proves that the Denver Nuggets are for real, they finish third in the Western Conference, and Jokic is by far the clear leader Nikola Jokic will finish in the top three of NBA MVP voting next year. I, I'm at a loss for words because I, I <laughs> hmm, Jokic, you're you're forgetting about one name though when it comes to the MVP award. Who wasn't in it last year because he was injured? I said his name. He mentioned Kawhi. Like I mean, that to me, it's that That's would be the main that. reason why Jokic is nowhere near the MVP finalists is because I think that if anything, the finalists will probably be like AD, Kawhi, LeBron, or like James Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, or any one of those players, not Nikola Jokic. And I think it's going to be AD, LeBron, and Jokic because I think that DeRozan, this is something that, again, Toronto has Mm -hmm. done everything before. Toronto has finished first in the Eastern Conference. And, yeah, maybe I I don't think they're going to finish first in the Eastern Conference this year. You look at Boston, Boston doesn't have a first-year MVP candidate because will it be Gordon Hayward? Will it be Jason Tatum? Will it be Jalen Brown? Will it be, obviously, Kyrie Irving? We don't know. There's so many helpful—even Al Horford. There's so many guys that do so much on that Boston team. I think that takes it out. 
Toronto's not going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. What does Kawhi need to do? 27-7-7? Well, guess what? LeBron's probably well, doing that as well. Defensively yeah. as well. But also, I think AD is going to have a better stat line. He's going to be better defensively. I think AD is probably going to go after Defensive Player of the Year and was a top three finisher last year. Yeah. Kawhi's probably going to have some struggles in there. I don't think Kawhi's going to finish uh, top three. I don't think Russ is because although Russ is still a great player, we showed last year he can have a historic season. Yeah. He can go for a triple-double throughout a season. And it doesn't matter. Maybe he has a great finish. Maybe they mm-hmm. finish second in the Western Conference and he push, pushes the name up, but I don't think so. Kevin Durant and Steph really can't separate themselves in this discussion. You look at you know uh, a guy like Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard will probably have to go absolutely bonkers to win the MVP. I don't think that's going to happen as well. And maybe Giannis is the guy that, that I'm overlooking here. But again, you're talking about you know this team struggling and just doing what they've done for the past three years. How is that MVP worthy? Is he the most valuable player probably to any team throughout the NBA? Mm-hmm. Possibly, because you could probably take off James Harden. They still have Chris Paul. You could take off LeBron James. They're still a terrible team. Well, I mean, you, again, you can't really take LeBron James off any team. But, uh, you know, you take off Anthony Davis, maybe him. But, I mean, honestly, you know, who's most important to their market and their team? Giannis is probably top three. Um, but I think Jokic is going to have a fantastic season. I think the Nuggets are going to have a fantastic season. I think people are high on him already. And when he, you know, has a game with 20 assists, when he has a game going 30, 20, and 15 or whatever, he's going to be up there because he's going to be massively efficient. He's going to be one of the best offenses in the league. And people are going to be surprised that Denver is this good. I don't understand how they're going to finish third, though. That that That's the biggest thing for yeah, me. Yeah, that's right? the part. How could they not? Because they don't play defense. They may score a lot of points. They We've, may play at an incredibly quick pace. But I don't believe that they play enough defense to win enough close games. I, I just... I've got my concerns. Look, I love the young talent. I think their shooting is phenomenal. They've done a great job building around a unique talent in Jokic. But at at my core, I just I look at the team and I think they're going to give up 115 a night. And yeah, they're going to score a lot. But I, mm-hmm. more times than not, you know, it, it's just going to come down to uh, no. And that, I will give you playoffs, but a third that, overall seed is just no. That's look at the differential. My thing, my thing is, my thing is, I think that when it comes to the playoffs, that's where they'll be screwed. But in the regular season, when you're going up against bad teams, or when you're going up against teams, you know, on back to backs, you can win those games. You can win enough. And also, you talk about the differential. They finished, uh, you know, a 1.5 uh, point differential last year. You look at Portland Trailblazers; they had a 2.6 point differential. We see that teams get hot. If teams get hot, they can rise up all the it's way to three. Portland those. had a massive uh, rise and rose all the way to three. Yeah. I mean, you can have nights where you're great. I think that this team can put up 110, and also I think this I think the team's going to put up more than 110 tonight. I also think they're going to you know probably end up lowering their points per game last year because yes, you lost Wilson Wilson Chandler, but everyone else on that team got better, and you're getting Paul Millsap better, who is arguably your best defender, and he's going to be healthy. So that's something that's going to be boost that are going to help you win closer games because you're going to have a guy like Paul Millsap who's out there. I think you're going to have a guy out there in Nikola Jokic who's underrated defensively. He's not great. Mm -hmm. I never said he was great last week, but I think he's underrated defensively. That's different. Um, And also, I think you guys like uh, Gary Harris will probably benefit from a guy like Paul Millsap and Jokic being out there. I think this is a team that can honestly finish third because we looked last year that you needed 50 wins. 50 wins to finish third. You would have you would have gotten it. I think going from 46 to 50 is absolutely doable, especially when Jokic gets more managed and is more efficient. I, out of all the hot takes tonight, yeah. like, I don't even have enough numbers to tell you how hot this take is. And Let's the reason, like, the reason why I say that is just go back, like, in the MVP, I'm going to go back all the way until LeBron won it his first time in 2009. 2018. The Rockets finished with the best record in the West. Russell Westbrook, 2017, they were sixth best. 
Let's put that one off to the side. I'm going to thumbtack it. History. We'll come back. The Warriors, when Curry won it, first and first. Also Kevin Durant was the second best team in the West. You had LeBron with the Heat, best team both years in the East. Derrick Rose, number one seed in the East. LeBron, both of his times, number one in the conference. The only guy who wasn't a top three team, hell, top two team, was the guy who averaged a triple-double for the first time since Oscar Robinson. Okay, here's my counter-argument to that. Again, we talked about the number one team in the Western Conference. That's Golden State. Mm -hmm. They have two MVP candidates, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. It's going to be hard for them to separate from one another. And, and to and be a top three, they're, they're both better. I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> I'm not saying he's the third best player in the NBA. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he can be seen as the third most valuable player by voters to his team by their performance. And again, you're talking about this. Mm-hmm. I don't think that KD and Steph will be able to separate themselves because it's hard well, to have a most valuable player on that team. I'm especially not even with saying Bogey anyone on the Draymond. Warriors. No, I'm but, not even mentioning but I'm saying, anyone I'm, on I'm the I'm trying Warriors. to say, again, yeah. if we're talking about the, mm-hmm. the finishing, it's tough to see that, again, the best team in the West— it's tough to find a most valuable mm-hmm. player. You look at Houston, some people might argue that it was Chris Paul with the way that, that uh, Warriors team ended up finishing last year, or the, you know, the Rockets-Warriors uh, series, series ended up finishing ended, yeah. it. It's still clearly Harden. I'm saying some could argue. Mm-hmm. It's still clearly Harden, but what will Harden need to do to top it? It's tough to go back-to-back from years. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double in back-to-back years. He didn't do it. When was the last time someone's repeated? It was Steph, Steph Curry, Curry, and Steph Curry was on the Warriors that people you know, did not expect to, to mm-hmm. come out of nowhere in 2014, well, and he topped it in 2015 I mean, was absolutely the best player. most improved player awards yeah. that year. He was the best player back-to-back years. Steph and LeBron I, I are the only ones to repeat since 2009. And, and we're talking about LeBron. Jake's yeah. saying he's not even going to finish in the top five, and yes, that's a nuclear hot mm-hmm. take, um, or it's at least a hot take, and I think yep. that, again, there are some merits to LeBron possibly not finishing number one overall, but mm-hmm. I even have him in my top three. So I have LeBron in my top yeah. three, and I think Harden is going to fall out because, again, he's, it's going to be tough to top your performance. Mm-hmm. Even if he has the same exact season, it's not going to be anything special. It's not anything new. Yes, you know, I mean, some people are going to even argue last year that he wasn't the best player. Some people are still going to say it was LeBron James last year. Some people are still going to say it was Kevin Durant last year. It was Steph Curry. It's not the best player award. It is how did you help your team? Were you a team that you know exceeded expectations? Were you a guy that still was the best player on your team? Mm-hmm. I think Jokic is the best player on his team. They're going to exceed expectations, and he's going to have a fantastic year going 50, uh, 50 from the field, 40 from, the, from three, 85 from the line, and averaging eight assists per game as a center. One last thing, and this is the only thing that I feel like, and this also goes against Anthony Davis too and why the deck is kind of stacked against him. The last power, like the last big to win the award was Dirk in 2007. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was 2002, 2003 with Timmy D. The last center to win the award, Shaquille O'Neal in 2000. I just, I feel like, and this is even with Anthony Davis, why I feel like he'll always be good enough to be a finalist but never be voted as an MVP is because of where the league is now, and they will always go with a one, a two, or a three over a four I, or a five. But if you're the best player uh, that year and the most valuable to your team, and uh, well, it, you're, you can be the, the a, MVP. And I think that— It's whatever the sports writers think that year, I think and I just I and don't it, think they'll ever look at a four or a five in a positive light. I, 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 disagree. I disagree. I think it can be done, but my thing is, have we ever seen a player come so far out of left field in mm-hmm. a voting standpoint to jump from that's off fair. of the ballot, basically— to being in the top three, and I think that's the biggest question for me is sports writers. I there there's a large spread of 
personalities, opinions, mm-hmm. and like thank God basketball isn't like baseball where you've got the old school. You know, mm-hmm. they'll always do their thing because that's their rules of the game. And bullshit. if you do like, what Levitar well, did and give your vote yeah. to the fans, I'll take it away. Right. So like on that fact, NBA, there, there's a better chance for this to happen, but I still don't know the precedence for a, a player coming out of literally nowhere uh, from a voting standpoint and to being a top three. Player. Here's my thing, and then we'll we'll bring Jake back uh, yeah. and, and and let, let him jump on. Um, the, the, the last year, I think the two players that were new to the ballot were, uh, Joel Embiid and Victor Oladipo, um, finishing 12th and 13th. Uh, Victor Oladipo obviously was most improved player, was absolutely fantastic last year, both offensively and defensively. Embiid, uh, was a guy that, you know, was clearly spectacular both on and off the floor. Um, you know, was, was, a, 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 you know, a helpful component to that Philly team, but Philly also was not a top three seed in the Eastern conference and a, 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 uh, a team that was viewed as weak, uh, or you know, sorry, a conference that Watch was viewed yourself. as weak. My bad. A conference that was viewed as viewed as weak. You, Victor Oladipo, same thing. They were a top three team, and again, in a conference that was viewed as weak. Um, I, I don't have off the top of my head a guy coming out of nowhere. Maybe Isaiah Thomas uh, last year, uh, the, year, the year prior, That's um, true. finishing fifth. Yeah, um, and that was yeah. a team that you know gave LeBron hell. Was at, he was absolutely fantastic. Came out, balled out, and was top That's five. Still five. Voting. Not three. No, that, I, that's fair. I'm just trying. I don't have it off the top I of my know, head, I'm, so I'm, I'm throwing back out guys that are going right back. Yep. Um, but that's my argument. Okay. Uh, and, and, and Jake, jump on. You know, uh, I agree with you. I actually, as much as I've been hating on Jokic the last couple of days, I looking at you said you said this to make sure the hot take was that he could finish top three, not that he would win the award, right? Yeah. Oh God, no, he's not winning the three. award. My pick's okay. Anthony Davis. <laughs> I don't want to spoil, okay. but it's well, Anthony. No, that, da- I think it's gonna be Anthony Davis, LeBron, and then Jokic. Yeah. Okay. That, that, I could see that just because we talked. You guys were talking about the seeds and how um, I think it, nobody's won unless they're the one seed in a in a couple of years. And uh, I mean, you look at third place last year with Anthony Davis; they were the sixth seed. And you look at Damian Lillard; he was number four in MVP voting last year, and they were the three seed, I believe. Um, so I mean, it's possible. I think talking about players who could come out of nowhere—not really nowhere—but if Donovan Mitchell can make the jump to maybe 25, 26 points per game, and they finish, or I think they will, in that three seed then you could maybe see his name come up in the top five. And I think Joel Embiid's going to win, so I think he's going to be number one. But I think um, Nikola Jokic, he, he's an interesting player. I, I, last week on the podcast, you kind, of, you kind of were talking about how he doesn't get enough respect. Now, I'd have to agree to a point. Um, I think the team could make the jump to the playoffs. I don't think they would make the jump to the three seed. I just don't think they're better than San Antonio, Utah, or Oklahoma City to jump into that top six. Um, I just think... Even if he would, if if they would do well, he's almost in such a weird market in Denver that they've almost never gotten love. I mean, mm-hmm. what? It just I don't know if he would ever finish in top three, even if they got the three seed. I don't think that he would finish top three in MVP voting just because where he plays and they would just basically call it. It's like it, it'd be almost like the the Spurs curse. They would just call it team basketball instead of giving him the credit that he would deserve. <laughs> no, and I thank you for bringing that point up because that was probably the biggest downside. And in my logic of thinking this out. Um, that was the biggest downside that I thought was I don't think a lot of people will be seeing Jokic playing, especially you know being yeah. in Mountain Time, uh, you know being a West Coast team playing mostly West Coast teams. The, the the biggest thing that he'll need to do is when he goes up against the Warriors, when he goes up against the Rockets, when he goes up against uh, the Spurs, when he's up against these primetime teams, he's going out and he's 
playing great. When he's going up against Anthony Davis, he's going out and he's playing great. He can't shrivel in those big moments. Mm-hmm. And I think if he doesn't yeah. shrivel in those big moments, that is going to put him in the top three. And Dave, I have your answer. 2013-2014, the first time a player appeared on an MVP ballot. Uh, Blake Griffin finished third as a 24-year-old. The, Laker, uh, the Clippers went 57-52 and 52 that year. Uh, Blake averaged... Uh, was he coming Blake, off of an injury? Uh, no, oh, he was not. He played 80 games okay. the year prior. Um, but 2013-2014, uh, played 80 games, 52 from the floor, 27 from three, uh, 71 from the line, 24 points, uh, 9.5 rebounds, and 3.9 assists. So I'm saying that Jokic is line, going yeah. to shoot better, yeah. um, he's going to score less, he's going to rebound more, and he's going to dish out more assists. And he's going to be more efficient from the field. And yes, they're not going to be uh, you know, number one seed in the Western Conference, but also... I talked about the Western Conference, that there isn't a clear most valuable player on the Warriors, and James Harden is going to have to do a lot to, you know, again, jump over that mark. Who is the guy, then again, in the third, you know, third seed team? It's got to be, I, I, I see it as Jokic, and I think they're going to be able to win 50 games this year, and that was the mark last year. 49 wins for Portland last year as a three seed. I think they can get to 50 this year. They were at 46 last year. I think that is, I think taking the a team from the better, playoff. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the West got vastly think, better. And I think the remember Nuggets this year, got better. Well, tanking is less valuable this year because mm-hmm. the rules have changed for the one through three. Yeah. So I'm just saying. It also doesn't make the teams better. Let me I ask. think all the teams have gotten better. No, but I'm saying like that doesn't make like mm-hmm. do you think that Phoenix is drastically that much better? Do that you they're not? not tanking? That they're not tanking? Yes. No, I don't think they're drastically that much better. I think they're drastically I think the better. I think they're drastically a, that much better. A lot of talent. I think but both those teams added a lot of talent. I think the Nuggets again are getting Millsap fully healthy. I who's, think that this team, team is getting lost older. Talent is my question. Like uh, San Antonio. In the West? Uh, I mean, they're they're adding in I mean, an All Star and a top ten yeah, MVP a, player. They also lost an MVP. Player. Who didn't play? The, okay, yeah. you were first off like twenty minutes ago. You were shitting on the Spurs. I just. <laughs> Was saying that, you know, what, what happened about the veteran leadership, buddy? They, look, they, they lost Manu, Tony Parker, and um, uh, what's Kawhi. his face? Uh, no, slow mo. Yeah. I mean, quite didn't. Oh, I, I know Kyle Kawhi played a handful of games, but Kyle like, Anderson. I, I'm for all effective purposes not yeah, counting that he as didn't playing. Play last year. So adding in DeRozan, like, yeah. yes, they're still going to be a good team. Did the Clippers get better? I, the, I can't touch I don't the even Clippers. Think the Kings, did the Clippers so, yeah. did, did the Kings get much better? Kings got better. I'd say like, the Clippers the ones. Like, did the Kings get you know, worse? 30 games, 30 no, wins better. But remember, we're, we're, we're giving away wins here, and now I'm taking mm-hmm. a couple of those back. But I also think that uh, this is a team that also defended home court very well. 31-10, and 10, which is, uh, I think, probably fourth-best record last year. They, did, they, they, they couldn't win uh, at least away games, 15-26 and 26 last year. I think that's going to be better because these, these guys are getting older. They're getting used to playing in the NBA. They're going to yeah. be able to go into away games and sneak more true. out. Rookies I, do struggle on the road, or younger players struggle This on the team's road getting older. I understand that they didn't add much back, but they are getting older. And they are biggest, getting more wise. You know, acquisition in the draft is a kid who probably won't play. Okay, but I'm just but, saying. But like, again, uh, the the biggest thing isn't about the, the. I mean, they also lost Wilson Chandler, but I'm saying again, yeah. this, this the biggest gain for them is just another year of production. Okay, we'll see okay. what happens. We'll see. I, I, look, I think this is why this is a hot take. I I agree. That's a hot take. And I think this I, is the hottest of all the takes. I'm buying in on it. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, when you when a challenge is thrown down, I bring it, boys. <laughs> I'm not backing down. It's in the, the range of plausibility, but I'm angry enough that you said it out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that that should mean the comment section should yeah. love this shit. Let us know down in the comments oh below who is the hottest take. Um, and uh, I don't th- for I, once I might not get the most hate on a video. I don't think you're gonna get the most. No. Hate. I'm okay. Gonna get the most hate I <laughs> no, I think Sean will. It's gonna happen. I, 
I think attacking the Lakers is just a death wish. And that's uh, probably gonna. And I, I attacked LeBron and Laker fans, which are now a thing. Which is, <laughs> that's not a good United them together. Let's have a mo- let's have a little chat before we before we uh, end this and go on to the six minute rankings. Can I say that I think that although it was a hot take, I backed it up at least. I don't think no, I was spewing yeah, yeah. nonsense. 100%. I mean, I think. It's. I don't remember the exact quote from Family Guy and Peter Griffin, but it goes along the lines of like, um, "I disagree with your argument, but I will fight to the death that you have the right to say it." Thank you. Uh, and I, I think that again, although I'm going to get, I mean, again, if if I'm getting hate for not knowing basketball, at least I you know threw out an mm-hmm. argument. Yep. I don't. I don't understand that you know that that whole thing like, oh, you don't know basketball, you don't know what you're talking oh. about just because you threw out a hot take. <laughs> That's the watch? point of this segment. Do you, do you even, even watch, watch bro? <laughs> Um, do you watch, bro? I tried, do you watch Denver basketball? I tried to defend it. I tried to defend it. Uh, I said, where's your Nuggets hat? Um, I it's, lost it. Oh, That's a dope it hat. Yeah, it's a cool hat. I'll try to find it. Um, there was something else I was going to bring up, but uh, uh, it escapes my memory. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say something about uh, do I even watch. I, <laughs> I sent you the comment from the last time I was on, and people were calling me idiots saying I didn't watch. And then whenever <laughs> I apparently commented that TLC had potential, <laughs> I was I was wrong. I was wrong, but I, wa- I don't watch. How right? dare you think a first-round pick is, has potential? A first-round pick in his second year has potential. Oh, my God. What a what a terrible that, person I am. That's a hot take there. Did, it li- did the segment <laughs> live up to your hype, though? Yeah, that was fun. Glad. And then that's that. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. We've done our job. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to have fun here. If you want to have fun, check out patreon.com slash most podcast. You can have fun with uh, me and Dave and Ricky. Uh, and me, Dave, and Ricky. I think I messed that up. Anyways, uh, you can always have fun right. with us, whether it's you know Z uh, talking about the Suns, whether it's Jake talking about the uh, us disrespecting the 76ers. Uh, you check always. out patreon.com slash most podcast. We definitely have to do something fun uh, for next month when Jake is on for his year uh, year anniversary, yeah. uh, or year birthday of being a Patreon. Jake, thank you so much. We appreciate the fun topic. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, guys. Have a good thank one, you. And as always, we got to thank Jake for being a patron and being on the podcast. We appreciate his input. We did 44 minutes or so about hot takes, and uh, I think it was a fun. It was a fun time. I, I liked it. I yelled like a dad. Yeah, you um, did. Yeah, you, know, you did. You snapped a little. Maybe don't take it too seriously, uh, Sean, uh, every single you know topic, you know? I, I should probably cool down a bit. But we are getting into our top six men for the 2018-2019 season. This is based on past performances, also expectations. We take all of these six men from uh, all 30 teams and rank them. And we will start off at 30. We have Harry Giles of the Sacramento Kings. Some people might say Justin Jackson. Some people might say, I don't know who else would you would say on that team. Uh, but Harry Giles is 30 for Sacramento Kings. 29, Evan Turner of the Portland Trailblazers. 28, Malik Monk of the Charlotte Hornets. 27, Jamichael Green of the Memphis Grizzlies. 26, Mo Bamba of the Orlando Magic. 25, Luke Kennard of the Detroit Pistons. 24, Utah Jazz. Jay Crowder, 23, Matthew, Wesley Matthews of the Dallas Mavericks, 22, Avery Bradley of the Los Angeles Clippers, and at 21, George Hill of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Boys, I can't talk right now, so please no. save me. Jump in on a guy that you want to talk about. I got I got Malik Monk. I think there's just a massive amount of disrespect going around about this boy. He was, look, I get it. It's hard to be the guy who was picked before Donovan Mitchell. Like, I get it. But still, he is a good shooter, and he finally got the chance to prove it on a bad team with a bad coach last year. At the end of the year, they let him run wild. Like the last 13 games, he was shooting like 40 plus, at, or I think it was 40 and 39, uh, respectively, and putting up like 14 points a game. He looked like he was back in college. It just came easier. And I think we watched 
He got the one appearance in the uh, preseason this year, mm-hmm. or summer league, I should say. Um, yes, he did have a minor injury, and they were like, all right, we'll, we'll sit, sit down, we'll, we'll, we'll be ready for the regular season. I just think that putting him at 28 is just straight up disrespectful. One thing, uh, real quick, he is younger than Donovan Mitchell, so it's tough to be like, oh, well, I mean, you performed worse, you also didn't get the same playing time. Uh, that, that Don Mitchell got. And in the last six games, they did 24.6 minutes per game, 46% per, uh, from the field, 40% from three, uh, perfect from the line, uh, 3.8 assists, and 19.8 points per game. Uh, he was fantastic in those last six games. Again, he didn't have a ton of uh, at least uh, punch to him. But the biggest thing that I put him at, you know, I put him at 29, Rick, you put him at 29 as well. You had him all the way up at 20. Yep. Um, I just don't know exactly what his role is going to be. This was a guy Shoot that, the ball. but this was a guy that we had a question on if he was even going to be a six man. You have Jeremy Lamb out there. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. uh, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I'm not sure if he's going to get those minutes, and that's the biggest thing. If he gets those minutes, he'll probably be able to succeed. But what if he comes out there, he's the six man right away, and he's not being effective uh, on offense automatically, or you know, uh, right out the gate? And they go and look at a, a Jeremy Lamb. They go and look at a Michael Kidd Gilchrist. This might not even be a safe spot. So it's tough to put him. This you know higher than the other players when his spot isn't exactly safe. Ricky, were you in the same well, thinking as I am, or are you thinking a little bit different? I mean, for me too, it all comes down to, and we kind of mentioned this before the podcast is what's going to happen with the. It's no longer Steve Clifford calling the shots, and with a new coach coming in, is he going to is um, Borrego going to favor Malik Monk? Is he going to favor? Kid Gilchrist, like when I was coming in originally, I thought we were going to have Michael Kid Gilchrist as the sixth man for the Hornets. Now, part of that was because out of the guys we haven't had in the lineup, he had the most minutes, but it all comes down to like Malik Monk's the one where this year it's going to be if he does perform, he'll be the one that we'll look back next year and go, man, we were low on him. We were way too low Dave on him, was probably right. the lowest. Well, where, where Dave was right. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, he's an exciting player, and you saw him when he got that confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he, I talked about this going into the draft last year. When he's hot, he has, he has another gear that very few guys in this league have. He is an elite scorer. He doesn't question pulling the trigger on shots. He has trust in himself, and I think that's the thing is, at the end of the year, you saw him get the green light, and you watched. He just kept getting better and better as the season went towards that. That last month was really the only time we actually got to see the real Malik Monk, unfortunately. One thing with that, though, is especially in the six games where he was getting 20 minutes per game, uh, the first one was against Washington. They lost that by 14, so that wasn't a blowout. I mean, it yep. wasn't like he was you know in a close game putting up 17 points per game. Then he plays Philly. That was you know the end, crazy end of the streak for for Philly. They lost that by 17. Another blowout. Then they went up and he put up 21 against Chicago. No offense, terrible team. Went up, played great. Then he goes up against Orlando. They not only were playing a terrible team, they won by 37 in that <laughs> game. Then you look at Indiana. They lost that game by six. Close game. Put up 22. Really nice performance, especially going up against a guy like Oladipo. Mm-hmm. And then finished it out with a 26 point win at Indiana. But that was the end of the season. Another blowout. They were preparing for the playoffs. It wasn't like he was doing this against so they lost the playoff great teams. They competition. Beat teams who weren't playoff teams. But, but my point is, is that it wasn't close games. Like they weren't like close against these the Wizards. They weren't close against Philly. Those teams could play back a little bit. They can let Monk pop off. So again, what can he do? I'm not saying he can't perform well, but will he perform well? And what Poor man, can Seven he Booker do? Is what I'm hearing. What can he do <laughs> when he gets that time? When he gets that confidence? 
I'm not sure if he will get that time or confidence. And also, we look at Borrego, uh, spent his most recent time under that pop tree. Mm -hmm. What will he be looking for in a six-man? Obviously, we saw Patty Mills um, in San Antonio really rise up. We obviously saw Tony Parker. Will Tony Parker even be the guy that you know gets that six-man role in in, in Charlotte? I don't know if Malik is going to get that time. That's why I have him so low. The talent is there. The Mm -hmm. talent is absolutely there. I'm not saying the talent isn't there for Harry Giles, who I ranked last, or Mo Bamba, who I ranked 24. It's just what will their positions be? What will their um, you know time be? What will be the rotation be? How big will their minutes be? And how much you know how quickly can they gain confidence? Well, and another thing I just wanted to throw out, and maybe this plays into it, maybe it doesn't, is. Malik Monk was drafted, obviously, 2017 draft, and it's Mitch Kupchak comes in April of 2018. His first draft class was this last one. So when Mm -hmm. it comes to Kupchak as basketball operations guy, does Malik Monk fit into the plan of what he's trying to build with the Hornets? No, I think so, because they probably would have looked at that. younger Mm -hmm. than... Yeah, yeah, he's. I, I think he's. I don't know. They might be same age. I don't know exactly, but they were same class at least. They yeah. came into the college at the same yeah. time. Monk and Bridges. Yep. Um, but I don't think that really changes too much because I'm just saying, talent's like, talent, and also if they if they felt like that mm-hmm. was neat, I think you know Shea Gilgis was still on the board as well. They could Which have looked shocking. to yeah, yeah. They could have looked to address the one guard mm-hmm. or the two guard p- uh, position, and they didn't. They went and got Miles Bridges. Well, it's just for me, I like I said, maybe an issue, maybe not of. Where does Malik Monk fit into the plan? That's true. It, with it's a quarterback court. I'm not going to argue. I think the bigger the bigger question would be Michael Kidd Gilchrist because He's that's older. something that's older. He was mm-hmm. a number two pick, you know, and he hasn't performed up to that. There's not that attachment to a guy like mm-hmm. Michael Kidd Gilchrist where Monk again he's fresh out of college and yeah. you could see that again he wasn't getting played. Now what was the question? Why wasn't he getting played yeah. last year by Clifford? Was it just the coach didn't personally like him? You know, what, you know. A lot of things go into rotations yeah. like that. Was Clifford just a guy like Tibbs who doesn't play his rookies? Um, mm. <laughs> you know that that could be something. I think the talent's still there. The youth is still there. I don't think Kupchak is going to be. You know, he's going to be like, oh, Monk's falling out of favor here because he. You know, he didn't draft a ton of guys this year that are going to be on this roster. Right. And the guys that are Miles Bridges, we had him in our small forward. I, I think he's got a lot of options because they, they do have a lot of good, not great. You mentioned like four guys could be technically a six man. And I know we went for the exciting name in Malik Monk, but. You know, I look at that team and I go, like you mentioned, MKG is a guy who just has the worst shot in the NBA, bar none. And yes, his defense is great, but he's unplayable at times. So I think that that's a team, you know, we we wonder what they're going to do midseason. We wonder who's still going to be on this team by the end of the year and then to start next season. So I think that this is very much a make it or break it year coming in. And I think that we'll see that Malik Monk will get the opportunity. I think he will step up. And uh, perform pretty well. Well, and with Kid Gilchrist too, his defense has gotten worse. I mean, you look at his defensive well, I mean, rating. The teams got worse too. But I mean, he's a, he's a guy that if I don't think his defense is game changing, and and also I think it's something. It's a, it, it, we look at Roberson. Roberson's defense is game changing. His offense that. is terrible. Um, but his defense is worth so much. Where Kid Gilchrist, I don't know if his defense is worth that much with how bad his offense is. Um, I don't think he's you know going to be a guy that's going to be fighting for Defensive Player of the Year here anytime soon. It's good, but that's I don't fair. think it's next level that's like fair. like a guy like Roberson's is. Um, another young guy on the, this list, obviously we have Harry Giles, another sophomore like Malik Monk, but a guy that I want to talk about is Mo Bamba. It's tough to judge again what he will be doing, how well he'll fit in. You know, is his body size big enough to be in the NBA right now to hang with these guys? What are your thoughts on Obama, Ricky? I know you loved him coming into the draft. Has it changed a little bit? Have your expectations tweaked a little bit? You had him coming in and you ranked him at 19. Yeah, I mean, for me, originally I had him at 
like 15, 14, 15 area because the thing I think with this one is he will be a guy that comes in. It's like, okay, six man just because that team, we really don't know what's going to happen with Orlando. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the end of the year, he will be the starting five for that team. And but they've got they, 12 starters. They've mm-hmm. got 12 starters, so they could start literally anybody on that team. But I just I feel like the Magic are not going to be a good team this year. Duh. Hot take number one. That's sarcasm. It's not a hot take at all. I just feel like he's one where I was originally high towards like, okay, he's in the middle. And then I tempered it back a little bit because the thing for me is what do you think the stat line is going to be? And most of the places I have seen – are like, okay, he's going to put up like 12 and 10 points to rebounds this season. That would be perfect for the Magic. They would be happy if he was putting up 12 and 10 this year. A big thing is, again, with six-man, it Mm -hmm. isn't really about... Well, and that's what... Is he going to... Stat lines. Is he eventually going to get into the starting role by the end of the year? I think it's a possibility, especially if they look to trade Vucevic. If they trade Mm -hmm. Vucevic, they're plugging in. Uh, they're they're plugging in a bomb. Well, yeah, they're going to get Draymond straight up and he'll play the four. And I think something as well is they're going to you know probably Spa. look to <laughs> possibly move out Simmons, um, maybe throw in uh, out of the starting lineup. Please. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, move out Simmons, try to throw in Isaac, see how he can do at the three spot. Because um, obviously they tried oh, Aaron Gordon. At, they tried Aaron Gordon at the three spot, didn't work out. He's the much better power man. forward. Um, yeah, and Bamba, then you throw Isaac, at, the, at the five. I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, how it develops. Um, I, I just I question how well he will you know show offensively, mm-hmm. but his role might just be defensive stop. But they already have that in Jonathan Isaac. He might not even be the best defensive stopper on his team. But so, think about two defensive stoppers now. It's true. You got two guys who can be just ridiculous because of their wingspan, their height, their ability to be mobile big men. Mm-hmm. I I think it's impressive. I don't think that stat line's realistic. Or yeah, I'm expecting something along the lines of, you know. Give me six, eight, and a block and a half. And that's block a lot. Block and a half is a lot. I think he's, I look, he's coming in as one of the best rim protectors in a drive class we've seen in a long time. I, I am all about this. I, I get he's not Anthony Davis levels of impressive. Mm-hmm. What was AD's rookie year blocks? Because now I'm going to sound like an asshole. Well, I mean, he was also a starter yeah. on his first year. He was also the number one pick. Uh, but AD's first year, yep. um, AD averaged, played 64 games for the New Orleans Hornets in 2013-2012. Um, 1.2 steals, 1.8 blocks, 13 okay. points, uh, so go 8 rebounds, f- and that was in 28 I'll go minutes. one flat block. That yeah. was in 28 But, minutes. I mean, so. then you look at AD, like, the th- big thing is that second, third year, he was averaging almost three a game. Yeah. So, uh, that was also with 35 and 36 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'll say one flat block then. One flat block. Yep. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think with Bamba again, it's it's how is he to fit in the role, and I don't know what his role is going to end up being on Orlando because it's going to be wherever you center? need him to be. Uh, what's <laughs> Another it? starter. Oh, um, I, I just I think it's going to be difficult for him to kind of figure out his way, and it's it's much easier to see the importance of a six man when a team's good. So that's why you look at the guys that are on here, Ooh. and most of them aren't in playoff teams. You know, you look at. Sean George Reed Hill lines, I like it. Well, you look at George Hill; he's most likely not going to be on a playoff team, and if it is, it's going to be like the eighth, mm-hmm. eighth, you know, yeah. eighth seed in the East. Avery Bradley, Clippers are good, but are they a playoff team? 
Uh, Wesley Matthews, probably not a playoff team, mm-hmm. a young team. Maybe they surprise people, but most likely not. Also, I do want to throw out about Wes Matthews. There was a commenter. I heard you. I saw you. You wanted J.J. Barea as the sixth man. Um, I understand your, your frustrations, but most likely Wesley Matthews might even be a starter if they move Dirk out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put Wesley Matthews because most likely he's going to get more playing time and possibly more starts. Uh, Jay Crowder is probably the only one on this list you know, because Kennard, Detroit's probably not going to make the playoffs. Magic aren't going to make the playoffs. Mo Bamba, Jermichael Green maybe for uh, Memphis. I know you that was a hot take for you. Charlotte's hey. most likely not going to do it. Portland, um, Sacramento. So what, we have three three possible players that are going to mm-hmm. be on, on playoff teams in, yep. in uh, Jay Crowder, Jermichael Green, and Evan Turner. Uh, and, and only and two. Evan Turner is pretty low because of his contract. Can we just mm-hmm. admit that? Like for his performance, he is a okay player in the NBA. I mean, he doesn't deserve to be a starter. We all are on the same page there. Mm-hmm. But as far as like six men go, it's like. You've seen better days. You're still a serviceable player, but your contract plus your current play means you're just not worth shit right now in my mind. And that's like I kind of wanted to ask, and we can get this in this one since we're just starting these rankings, is when you guys put together your personal ones, what were you looking at? Like, What was the barometer? Because I feel like with six-man, it's what do you want from a six-man off the bench? For me... It wasn't straight like, oh, highest points per game's at the top, mm-hmm. the lowest guys at the bottom. But for me, the biggest barometer was if I, if you're coming off the bench, I want scoring off the bench. So especially during like the top 10, even in the yeah. middle, yeah. I was looking at that points per game and what are you going to give me off the bench scoring? I understand that, but I think, again, it, it differs on the roles. Um, real quick on the, on the Evan Turner thing, too, I also think Portland over-succeeded. Um, I think that you look at that starting lineup, you have Dame, you have Nurkic, you have uh, CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, the three and uh, what, three and four spots are kind of you know wide open. They're not I mean, really we'll see what so- solid does. and locked down. Everybody but, seems to be but, pretty big fan of Collins But outside right of that, now. we know what that team is. Outside of Zach Collins, we know who every player on that mm-hmm. team is. Avin Turner, Al Farouk um, We know mm-hmm. what those guys are going to bring night in, night out. And there's not going to be a shocking player on that team. Evan Turner, we know who he is. We and I don't think he's anything impressive anymore. He's fine, but he's yeah. not great. Um, and and with what I was looking at again, it's what was your role to your team and how how much talent do you have? Because I look at George Hill, his he's over the peak pretty much. He's over you know the, the the prime of his career. We look at Avery Bradley, he's coming off injury. He's not consistently you know been great outside of Boston. Yeah. Um, we look at Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews had injuries and he hasn't been as great as he was in Portland. And he was such a vital role in Portland's success when he was there because he was bench scoring, he was three point shooting, and he was a huge kick in the ass. He also wasn't a third, uh, six man. He was a starter back then. Yep. Jay Crowder again outside of Boston. He hasn't been consistent. He was you know was, pretty decent uh, when he came from uh, Cleveland to Utah. Um, only games they lost. Better, but in only games they lost, as Dave wants to throw just, in. Just toss out Kennard, he's a guy that, again, what is his role going to turn out being? He's a mm-hmm. young kid with a lot of potential, but, or a young kid with, with potential. Yeah, a lot so of he's, potential. A, he's a very good um, shooter. Uh, the problem is, you know, volume and playing time. Like, it's weird. We talk about Detroit being a team that didn't have outside shooting, and he was it. But like mm-hmm. him and Reggie, and, well, and he's get enough. vital to that team for for that that yeah. point. But also, again, how much is he going to change Detroit's winning? Right. Is, is, is Luke Kennard the he's reason why they win or lose games? Yeah, We're not pegging that. Mo, Mo Bamba again, potential. We don't know what he's going to be. Jim Michael Green, I had him higher than you guys. I think he's 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 a key component to that team. Um, if they do want to make it to the playoffs, because coming off the bench, he provides rebounding. He's, he's a good defender. He, he could shoot from the outside. 
Um, but he's a guy that, again, he's not a flashy name. I mean, you know, no, he's no one really thinks of Jermichael Green when they think of great six men. Um, I mean, he was a starter last year, too. Uh, Monk, again, potential Turner. We've seen everything from him. And Harry Giles. I mean, that well, guy's got injury problems. He's the one that, like, if you were going to ask or me, like, he's the one problems. that intrigues me the most. It's Harry Giles. Because, like, I had to put him at last only because of those injuries. But the question is, if he comes into the season— He's healthy. He's even a guy, I think it was, what, our power forward rankings? We were debating between— It was him or, um, him or Bagley. Yeah, him or Bagley yeah. at the four. And it's like, even as a six-man, it's like if he comes in and is healthy and produces, it's like he can be a solid contributor to the Kings. But because I haven't seen you and you have injuries— I got to put you at last on these rankings. But also, I think one thing, too, is expectations of these players. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we expect Harry Giles to come in and drop 12, you know, 8 and, and two. You know, a, a block no, a game? but if I he mean, wasn't injured, he wouldn't be dead last. But he's not. Well, he's coming off an injury. He's yeah. not currently no, injured. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. This is rookie. He had a whole year, basically, yeah. to but get he had into them shape. In, he had those injuries in college, too, He had those so injuries like, in high school. Yeah, it's not, not like this college. is a one-time He literally was injured thing. in high school. Maybe mm-hmm. he had a shortened college career because he was yeah. coming off bad, exactly. bad knee injuries coming, so coming into college. I think the year off was the, the smartest thing the Kings have done in a long time. They gave him a chance to uh, get him to bulk up, muscle up, get used to his body as it stands now. I think... I really believe that he's going to be a very good and productive player in the NBA. But this year, it's just so hard to predict because they've got, I think we talked about it, they've got like four guys all fighting for positions between Mm -hmm. the four and the five. Mm -hmm. It's very fluid. And minutes are going to come, you know, it's performance. If Bagley looks great out of the gates and he can suddenly go right, then all of a sudden he's going to soak up 30-plus minutes a night because that's their attraction. So... I think it's going to be very hard out the gates. Harry's going to have to prove something early on. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, he hasn't played basketball in a year. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's something to prove for Harry Giles. Yeah. That's why I put him as low as I did. He's not, again, he's not not talented. He's got talent on yeah. his side. Um, he was the number one recruit, I think, in his class. He was. Um, when he was coming out. And obviously injuries uh, derailed that. But he's still a guy with talent. Um, if he's you know comes out and he's a guy that can provide a spark off the bench and he provides something different than Willie Cauley-Stein— I think he'll you know move up in his rankings, and most likely they're going to get rid of Willie Cauley Stein if he does show that and yep. throw him in the starting lineup. So I think you know, again taking in how I put these rankings, it's what's your track record? Um, are you at the peak of your career? Is your team that good? Mm-hmm. And, and do you help your team win games? I look at most of these guys. George Hill again, he lost his starting job to a rookie, most likely. Um, Avery Bradley, he hasn't helped his team win in a while. So, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that I look at and say, yeah, you're the but reason why your team wins games, you know what's funny? or you're a reason why you know, your team can throw out something else. You know what's funny? I'm looking at this list, and I'm going, there's one guy who's injured who is not in this segment, who is known for his injuries, and we still ranked him very high. And we'll get to that one later, but just keep that in mind. We're talking about all these injuries and, you know, we're unsure, and what, what are they going to be able to do? <laughs> I, Different circumstance because we've seen some tape of him. He's, he's mm-hmm. played, but still the injuries are the plague. Are you talking about the guy who's currently sitting at 14? No, I'm going higher than that. I'm going... Oh, 10? Six. That's six. who I thought you were talking about, too. Oh, All right. okay. So, we'll but that's also it. track record because mm-hmm. that player was he's a former older. starter and most likely could still start in the league. 
on like a team like Phoenix, I where I look things. at all these guys and you know George Hill could be a starter, but yeah, I say eh. twenty million. I mean, <laughs> but he's George Hill. Where would George Hill like a starter? Where would George Hill be on our starters mm-hmm. if he's healthy? He'd probably be twenties. I mean, that that player yeah. that you're talking about most likely would be in in the in the second second. George Hill's still a good shooter, decent defender. You know, he's, but he's not a game changer. No. I mean that guy, the guy you're, you're referring to, he was a game changer before. All right. let so me, let me let, put let's this get back way. to this grouping. And though. also, people love that guy. I know. Mm-hmm. There's a, well, a ton of love for him. With the George Hill thing that you just yeah. mentioned, we had Colin Sexton at 26. So if George Hill was the starter, would he be above, even, that or area. below 26? That area. I think, again, you have Colin Sexton as you know, flashy. He's young. He's new. But also he hasn't proven anything. George mm-hmm. Hill has I'd had a long Colin, NBA career. I put George Hill above where Colin Sexton is. Probably. probably yeah. I mean, again, he's a guy that isn't going to be flashy like Colin Sexton, but he's also probably not going to make the same mistakes Colin Sexton's going to make. So, Very much. Um, it, it depends on what you want. I, yep. I'd, I'd, pr- I'd probably be in that area, though. He's not going to be, you know, top 20, though. No. Um, so that's it. Uh, any final thoughts on, on, you know, 21 through 30 on six man? I mean, the only thing is, and this was kind of an internal debate that we had, with going Luke Kennard over the over like Ish Smith for oh boy, Ish. the Detroit Pistons and just how are they going to work and what is that going to be mainly because of Dwayne Casey coming in like is it going to do you think Dwayne Casey will obviously we picked Luke Kennard so do we think he's going to favor Kennard more does Ish get anywhere close to minutes that he had last year I think the biggest thing with Casey will be how he views. Um, a good old Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. yeah. and if he views him highly, it's going to be mean less, you know, minutes for Ish Smith mm-hmm. if Reggie Jackson's healthy. Um, but if he, you know, views as Ish Smith as a guy who can be, you know, crucial to your team, help you win games, most likely, and you know, obviously he might see Reggie Jackson as a negative. Ish Smith at some point might even, you know, take over a starting role um, if you know Reggie Jackson isn't impressing uh, new 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 head coach Dwayne Casey. So. Um, I think it depends on you know what Dwayne Casey you know wants out of that point guard position, um, but again, Luke Kennard is a guy that is more at least younger. He's more interesting to talk about. We know what we're getting from Ish Smith. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to see a you know a crazy uh, what's it called a renaissance of Ish Smith coming soon. I don't think we're going to see you know twenty points per game. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see twenty out. points per game. You know, ten assists. He's not going to have a Dinwiddie uh, year, but he's going <laughs> to he's going to be something. Was Dinwiddie even? We put Dinwiddie in our rankings at all? Oh, God. Oh, fuck. We fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, cool. Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie would probably be in the top ten, too. So, well, we fucked Off up. Off a realization. Oh, well. Who's the point guard for Brooklyn, then? It's uh, Karis LeVert. We got Karis nope. LeVert. No, I said the point guard. Oh, D-Lo. D-Lo. He's D-Lo's not the two? No. Who's yeah, the two? One. Guy, call us out. Brooklyn. Scroll I'll look things. it up. I mean. Uh, I mean, nobody wanted Dinwiddie. Uh, crab. Oh. Yeah, Alan up. Crab. No, Alan. I I think we Crab can like starter. Alan Crab. We can. We no, can I'm saying we fucked one. up. I put a dead Woody as a six man. The problem is oh, Damari well, Carroll. Let's just I be mean, honest. No, Car- it's true. Like, and no, but like the thing with Brooklyn too. And I'll throw this out there because I had this debate. But Dinwiddie could be a no, starter. But this team. too, they traded for Kenneth Fareed. So it's like no, they traded for a pick. No, 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 no. But I'm saying Kenneth Fareed's on Kenneth that Fareed team. Came along. So is he going to? Matter? Is he going to contribute and be a six man? Like, no. like the Nets, it could you could pick Dinwiddie, you could pick Fareed, you could pick Levert. No, you picked no, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. You picked Dinwiddie. You picked Dinwiddie. You picked the guy who had a fifteen point nine per five point seven win shares last year. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, he was him and Jared Allen incredible last year. Favorite, um, favorite pros. Kenneth Fareed is on that team, but Kenneth Fareed hasn't been a good basketball player in three years. Kenneth Fareed somehow made a U.S. No the U.S. Men's basketball team, but it doesn't mean he's good. 
it was a mistake that he was on a team. And he's right now, he, it was a mistake of a contract, and he's most likely going to get, you know, Timofey Mozgov minutes. Mm. That's that's his role now. He's not that great. Dinwiddie's pretty good. Yeah. So, shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie. That's that's the biggest that's the biggest takeaway. The biggest yeah. takeaway from this segment is that Spencer Dinwiddie was on here, and I apologize to Spencer Dinwiddie. But let's move on. Twenty through eleven. We'll start off at number twenty. Thomas Sadoransky of the Washington Wizards. At nineteen, we have Karis Levert of the Brooklyn Nets. Shout out Spencer Dinwiddie. We totally forgot about you. Uh, Eighteen, we have Trey Burke of the New York Knicks. Seventeen, we have Dion Waiters of the Miami Heat. At sixteen, we have Malcolm Brogdon of the Milwaukee Bucks. At fifteen, we have Patty Mills of the San Antonio Spurs. 14, Derek Rose oof, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. 13, Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. 12, Dennis Schroeder of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And number 11, Andre Iguodala. Uh, first guy, like first time around, he was number one overall, and now he is at 11. I mean, I had Chandra Livendala at number 10 on my list. I had Chandra Livendala at number 16, and Ricky had Andre Iguodala at 7. Mm-hmm. Um so I had him lowest, and yep. I will at least explain it. He's old, he's injured, he's getting injured, and he's more. not that great anymore. Is he mm. is he important to that team? Yes. Do they work well with him? Yes. But also in the regular season, do they need him? Not at all. And this is going into the regular season. We'll see how he affects in the postseason. But also, he's a year older. He's still going to have to deal with these injuries. And when it comes postseason time, will they actually need him? And remember, what, and, I'm and using what the way staple will they need of. Him? You know, Andre Godala and Sean Livingston. It's Chandre Livendala. Both of them weren't good last year. I mean, he's still like playoff experience. I don't know. That's he fine. Is whenever he goes down in the playoffs, that's all we talk about. Is yes. like he is like almost the linchpin to the Warriors. Also because he's they like had the Zaza as their Green. but they, that's because they had the Zaza was their starting center. Now mm-hmm. they have Demarcus Cousins. They don't need yeah, any other five players. They don't need any other players. We don't, we don't know for sure that. what he's going to be like when he comes back. We're assuming he'll be fine, but we don't know what's going to happen with Demarcus Cousins coming off of I, that injury. I will take injured Demarcus Cousins, twenty-eight years old, over Andre I'm just Godala, saying, there's always a injured. chance that both of them are things aren't exactly Cousins. the same as they were last year. And for but me, also, but also here's a, here's one thing too: Demarcus yeah. Cousins at his at his best. Is yeah. the be- is a better player than oh, yeah. Iguodala no, at his not best. Debating Iguodala that. was an all star, and, yeah. and and Demarcus Cousins is probably already at his peak. Yeah, Iguodala's fallen off that yeah. cliff, but and the he's great, still injured. But the two things: first off, the great thing about Iguodala is he knows his role. Yeah, it's like but his role's diminishing. He's, yeah, but, but he's, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and go, mm. "Hey, I'm going to go out there and try to be the starter." No, he's going to do whatever this team asks him to do, even if it's coach games when Steve Kerr gets bored. Yeah, he's, he's got dibs for that. Sir, that Suns game. Sorry, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing with me looking at the like rankings that also went into it and what goes in with Igudala is. Yeah, I know what you say. Oh, these are regular seasons, but there are some of these guys, and Igudala is one of them. All of his value in my mind is playoff Andre. He's got playoff, and that's why he's a top ten guy. That's fine, but I also, but I also don't think his role is going to be as big as it once was. I understand that he's still the sixth man, but do you need six guys for that? The Warriors team makes their small ball lineup the small ball lineup. Do they need the small ball lineup anymore? Yes, yes, they still do because you don't. That's how they run. It it is something that abuses teams who run with slower lineups, who who run with true bigs. It's Mm -hmm. just. It's it's what made the Warriors the Warriors. It, what it's what made them stand out. Yes, Steph has been something we've never seen before mm-hmm. as far as a shooting standpoint. I, nothing can take away from that. But the fact that they changed the way they played the game because of the way that their lineup worked, and they're like, we don't need a center. 
Guess what? Yeah. Centers are centers aren't cool anymore. And We're Draymond, I understand, and I understand it's not going to work exactly we, the same way with Demarcus Cousins because he's not as quick, he's not as you know yeah. conditioned, he's not going to be able to run up and down the court. Just Shit, we've as, seen as Boogie give up on plays. I'm a Boogie yes, buyer, of course. Like, <laughs> he just stands at one of the guys like I ain't going back there. But also, you know what's going to abuse them more than a small ball lineup with Andre Iguodala's you know hurt thirty five year old ass. Five All Stars. <laughs> It's Demarcus not, Cousins, not. Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Didn't his he roles diminish. Minimum too. His roles diminished and he's gotten worse. <laughs> so I mean, like, I'm sorry, I have to drop him. Like, he's not. That I think I'm, I'm putting out there for the respect. Though. It's the same reason I had Dirk too high. Mm-hmm. I respect what he's done. Well, let's I, not, he's let's not talk career. about having Dirk too high. And he was I, the guy of the crown. Though. You, you were the. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to take good old old Yeller mm-hmm. out back and shoot him in the head. I'm sorry, like Andre Iguodala. I put him at 16. He's still an important player. Yep. But I don't think his role is as big as it once was. He's not healthy. He he's can't stay on the floor. He's and still he's still, when he's on the floor, like, he's Jordan not Bell as hasn't great. taken that crown from him. I think that's the thing. It's like we all expect Jordan Bell to take another step. But I, in my mind, like he's still the most important guy off that bench. Cash consideration. I'm not in. Dude, that's why he's a sixth man. That's I'm not saying he's not saying the most important. I'm saying that, that he has been the most important guy off the bench. And he still is the most important guy off the bench. Yes, the, but, the, the shots he's seen are going down, but what he's being asked to do is still the same. But I'm saying that again, his 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 importance I think is diminished. Again, he might he might still be the sixth man, and that's that's yeah, fine. I, but but I, I don't think it's when you still, add another all star to a team. Yes, are you going to put Igu- less, when when it comes to the, like when it comes to playing against the Lakers? Yeah, are you putting Iguodala on LeBron James? Anymore? Yes, I I would feel like he has done the best. You You're not doing there. it full time, but. I would at least play him sometimes on LeBron because he knows what to do. But, to but guard it's, LeBron. it's not sometimes. It used to be all the time. He yeah, was the no, LeBron guy. I know. But it it's like LeBron now it's, Just yeah, like you might it's be, diminished. I feel like now it would be, hey, let's switch it off and it'll be KD and Igudala. But he's still going to be in crunch time. It still may be, hey, Igudala, we're putting you on LeBron because he's had the most success against LeBron on this team. And like the one year when he went down, everyone's like, Oh no! Is he gonna come back and play with his sore back? And and then LeBron, year. yeah, it's that. like yeah. well, it's it, it's almost every year in the playoffs. Well, Iguodala. I mean, last year was I mean, he had but the I sore mean, back, he was missing games. I mean, there's always like if if it's him and LeBron, you're gonna put him on LeBron. It just might not be every time because yes, he is getting older. I would rather have KD on. I would rather have KD on LeBron. But I mean, no, you so. get into the arguments of you know keeping KD fresh for offense mm-hmm. as the greatest shooter. From a true shooting perspective, we've greatest seen... Greatest mid-range on that like, team. I, I still... I look, KD plays... But it's like have... the same thing with... You've got Trevor Reza, who plays defense on KD. It's like, that's that's his whole job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have to worry about the other side of the court. Yes, he can jack up threes, mm-hmm. give him the chance, because that's how their offense rolls. Yeah. But his job is to guard one person, and that's what Andre Iguodala's job is to do. But Trevor Reza's better at that job now. Like, that's why Trevor Reza's getting $15 million in as a starter. That's, that's if Iguodala hits the market, he is that's not. That's problem. If, if Iguodala hits the market, he is not getting 15 mil. I, I will agree that. Yes. And and also, again, talking about the role diminishing, and this is also because he's been hurt, from 2013 to 2016, he averaged 31.7 minutes per game in the playoffs. The past two years, he's averaged 26. And they, I mean, they've had he's KD on down. the team in the last two years. Yeah, because his role's diminished. It's going to diminish more now that you have DeMarcus Cousins. That's my point. I'm not saying that he's not an important player anymore. He's 16. He's not dead last on me. He's not, I'm a Carmelo Anthony guy. <laughs> all right? But I'm just saying his role is diminished, and he's not as important of a player as he once right. was to this Warriors team. 
Uh, but looking at other places, guys that I think are completely overrated, and his bum ass shouldn't be here on the list, it should be Tyus Jones, is Derrick Rose at 14. Someone tell me why Derrick Rose is here. I had him at 26. Dave, you had him at 15. Ricky, you had him at 5. Please yeah. talk me into some sense here. What am I missing with Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose can go upstairs. No, I just feel 14 like... 14 years ago. <laughs> with me, it just... it Didn't you get the memo? The Timberwolves are going to be interesting this year because we're already starting Ooh. the talk of like, oh, if they don't make the playoffs, is Thibodeau going to be fired? And the interesting thing that I think is with... And this is a Timberwolves thing, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's an interesting thing when you give a coach too much power. Um, not everyone can be like Bill Belichick where they can be the head coach and the GM and make it all work. And that's what you got with Thibodeau, the head coach and the um, basketball operations cool guy. Cool tangent. Why is Derrick Rose at five? But I just feel like if we get – I saw what he could do in the playoffs against the Rockets, and if we can get that this season, he is going to be a solid six-man for the T-Wolves. And that is all I am basing it off of, what I saw in the playoffs from Derrick Rose and carrying that into this season. Because like you mentioned before we even started – Last year, he was on the Cavaliers, and he had a lot of stuff to get through. Cavaliers then found his way in Minnesota. Now he's for sure in Minnesota and can just worry on about being Derrick Rose and playing basketball with this team. Dude, we've been saying that since 2012. It's six years. We said that he was settled. He was there in Cleveland last year. It took him like three games until he disappeared. We looked at Minnesota. I mean, he was there. To he be played honest, five we great games Isaiah in the playoffs, Thomas brother. was going to do anything, and Isaiah's in the next segment that we're going to talk about. That's also because he was dealing injury and coming no, off I know, an injury. But Derek Rose been coming off an injury for Cleveland six years. That team had a little bit of dysfunction around him and be, only made it to where they were because of LeBron James. You also put Derek Rose... Uh, seven spots above Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas no. is the better player right but, now. But, I mean, consistency, the one thing you got to look at yeah. is last year I had Derrick Rose at six. This year I had him at five. Why did he go up? He, was, he, he was bad last he year. He only went up because I Because changed. of five games in the playoffs. No, no, no. He only went up because I originally had Iguodala ahead of him, and I bumped Iguodala down because of everything that we talked so, about. So but what, what's the difference between Iguodala and Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose me, has been health. injured. Derrick Rose hasn't been healthy for 19 years, six years. No, but it's not like he— I was in grammar school when Derrick Rose was healthy. Last I'm out of college, brother. Last year, it wasn't like, oh, Derrick Rose ended his season on injury. With Iguodala, it's every single year he ends his year. Yeah, he might come back and play for the Warriors, but like we were saying— he is getting older, and I'm not saying Derrick Rose is some spring chicken. He is younger by a vast me, majority. Of it's years. like you know what vast he is getting. Like Iguodala is getting older. I bumped Iguodala down a few spots, and that's why Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is also ball. getting older. Can, also, can, can Igu- jump in. I'm the, I'm the time, guy who- time out. Derrick Rose is also getting older. Also, Iguodala played 64 games last year. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose's ass played 25. Go. Uh, Derrick Rose only played 25 because you mentioned he did disappear for a, a smidge of the season, and then you know he had to earn his time back up to the Timberwolves once they picked him up off of free agency because, remember, he got cut. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of Derek Rose at one last year. So let me just get that out of the way for those mm-hmm. who don't remember my last year six-man rankings because I, I was like, look, he came out of New York. He dropped great numbers. Looked fantastic. I'm like, Cleveland, everybody's playing fucking solo ball. He's going to fit in perfectly. Obviously, things did not work out there. But what things are looking like after you know watching the end of the season with the Timberwolves are – He's a guy who can still score. He's a guy who can say, 
fuck what's going on. You've got problems over there. Don't care about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the ball from one end of the court to the other end of the court and put it in the bucket, period. The thing that scares me is he still doesn't know how to fucking land. Like, he, he is afraid of contact because he just, he never got calls, like, ever mm -hmm. coming up. And I, I get that. Like, he was one of the most impressive people because his mid-air control of his body was just what set him apart amongst a, a handful of other things. But I still have him high because he has the one skill I look at as six-man is you need to be able in, to come into a game and change momentum. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was able to show me at the end of last year when everything else on that team outside of Jimmy Butler was failing. Derek Rose, the ageless fucking wonder, who's still he's still under 30, isn't he? Uh, yes. 29, I want to say. Yep, 29. Yeah. October 4th birthday. Boom. So Still under 30 be, as I record this. going to be 30 when it starts. 30 at the start of the starts. season. Like, his career's not over. And I, that, that A, makes me happy. And B, I will fight to keep saying, like, my memories of D-Rose are still mm -hmm. special, so I'm going to treat him differently. But honestly, you look at that Timberwolves team and the fact that Jamal Crawford's, is like, broken there. ass is still yeah. was dragged out. I, I just... You, you have to give the guy respect for what he was able to do in the playoffs and step up when no one else was and you, able to. And he mentioned the most important thing. Like, Jamal Crawford is not going to be there for the 20 minutes per game that he played. So it's like somebody's going to have to take the time, whether that's Derrick Rose, Tyus Jones. Maybe they split the time, but Derrick Rose getting more time is going to be better for him than I, last year. I think that under Thibodeau, he knows how to use him. He knows how to play mm -hmm. with him. I think D-Rose will see... A, a large jump in minutes as the season starts. It's just, it, it's it's Thibodeau's plan. It's I the don't, do I agree with it? Not entirely. But is it going to happen in all inevitable like likelihood? No, in all inevitable likelihood. Okay. Yes. Yes, it is. It is Derrick Rose. Yep. If you increase his minutes, it's just going to lead to another injury. It's just going to happen. It is just it, it, his body didn't change. He's not the bionic man. He's not going to be able to. He keeps coming back, and he's not getting better. He's just it's just it's kind of getting sad now. His last full season on the Knicks, he put up what like 18, eighteen five and five, or eighteen five and close. eighteen three, 18, four, four and three point almost eight. four. Okay, so yeah, uh, those aren't bad numbers. How'd that mm -hmm. team do? It was the Knicks, thirty-one and fifty-one. Knicks. So, Joe Kim Noah collecting twenty mil. So what? Knicks. We're gonna we're gonna give Derrick Rose credit no. for now being on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like what? What's I said the he point put up here? good numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, you you said bad, he keeps getting a, worse, and I'm saying those team. are good numbers. That was also years. That was not. That was last a year, year ago. And then what's what? What did he do last year? He didn't play. He, he wasn't healthy. Some situations he going on. Mm -hmm. How is the situation not going to rise? How is another injury not going to rise? He hasn't been playing consistent basketball in years. He hasn't but been healthy. Back, he's going road. back in with years. Thibodeau. He's going back with Jimmy. He's going back with Taj. He'll be back with Thuol Dang. Before the season's over, he will have Joe Kim Noah. I mean, Jimmy and, kicked him out of town. They reunited, man. Jimmy kicked him out of town. I, I think I think Tibbs is going full Power Rangers or Thanos. Yeah. I'm not sure which yet, but it's it's full reunion time for that 2012 He's team. going Repo Man. That's what he's doing. He's getting all of the old players dragging out those carcasses. He's a he's a grave digger. That's what he's doing. And I don't but think that the grave God. I don't think the grave of Derrick Rose outside of that MVP has much gold in it. But he trusts guys who have played for him, who've given him minutes. He hates young kids. 
<laughs> Can you argue with either of those facts? No, but then he's going to get minutes and he's going to get points. And then it's going to lead to either Derrick Rose yeah, disappearing but, or Derrick Rose getting injured. All right, two things. That's my point. I don't, I don't trust Derrick Rose. I think two, if he gets minutes, he doesn't if Derek Rose, If Derrick Rose proves me wrong, I will be happy because I want. I, I Do you want to bet? Yeah, put a bet. So I, well. <laughs> I want. I want. I will. I. I have no ill wish or, or ill will. Will towards Derek Rose. Yeah, okay. we just know what no, happens no when you take a stand. That's exactly. I, <laughs> I was trying to for it. for reference. The Texas Clemson game was going on, and, I, and Ricky said, "Oh, they're inside the twenty Texas A and M was." I said, "There's no way they score a touchdown." And they, they scored. They scored. As you were saying, as I said it, they did choke um, in a two point conversion, lose the game, still though. No, but well, Sean didn't say they were. They still score a touchdown. Yep. Um. Derrick Rose, again, I have no ill will towards him. Mm-hmm. He just needs to prove me wrong. And I am fine sitting here saying that Derrick Rose proved me wrong. If he proves me wrong, congratulations. I'll be happy for you. But I need to see it because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a very, very, very long time. The only two things that I'm going to say out of everything you were saying is, one, I would say when you're saying, oh, I haven't seen consistency from Derrick Rose, ever since the ACL... I feel like he was consistent yes. from 2013 to 2017. It was literally last season, which was the inconsistency. Yeah. Number two, he was had two consistent seasons. That was 2015, 2016, 2016, 2017, where he played 66 and 64 games. Yeah, and that's, then he had that's last consistency year. back to back. Yeah, no, last year he played year 25 games. And last year was the only you had one year of like a terrible year. He had three years I'm, before I'm talking, that where yeah. he was consistent. I'm talking consistent. 2011-2012, he had that big injury. Yeah. Then missed in 2012-2013. Then only played for 10 games because he was injured. Then in 2014-2015. Yeah. That's still... That's not a full season. It's still and that, more But than he a, still put up like 17, I, 16, 18. I don't care then, about the numbers. I do. Also, also f- he was a starter in those three years. He's mm-hmm. now a six-man. How is he yeah. going to adjust to that role? Exactly. Well, and that's the thing of what is he going to do? If he's coming off giving me... And that's why I looked at the playoffs. And I was like, all right... If he can give me 14 off, 12 to 14 off the bench, that is solid for this Timberwolves team. And the second point is when you say, and when you say he was pushed out of town last, pushed out of town with Jimmy, that was with Fred Hoiberg that didn't know how to manage this team as a rookie head coach in the NBA. If Thibodeau was there, Derrick Rose would have never been pushed out of town. Was there trouble between Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler? Yeah, because of Fred Hoiberg, because Fred Hoiberg didn't know how to coach the veterans around the team, is what I'm saying. Ricky. My point still stands. It does not make my point not true that Derrick Rose oh. was pushed out of Chicago because facts, of Jimmy then, Butler. Yeah, but I'm saying that was a fact. In favor of, not Sorry, I'm attacking your yeah. feelings no, 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 no. about your Chicago Bulls childhood. It's just the whole point of, yes, it's a fact he got pushed out, but the only reason he got pushed out was because that whole Bulls season was catastrophic. And then Hoiberg Jimmy Butler was pushed out. Yeah. Because he didn't play nice with others. Because Rondo was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing I, in I here? I never said none of that was yeah. true. I'm just yeah. saying but under that Thibodeau, Derek Rose was pushed out of Jimmy and Butler. And that's what we're and saying. Also, Thibodeau I'm is not, the coach. And I'm also not a fan of Tom Thibodeau. I know. I've been calling, I don't think we are I've been either. calling for his I'm job. I'm just telling you what it's like. So, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm not, neutral. I never said you were wrong. All I'm saying is that this guy gets hurt, this guy disappears, and when you give him more minutes, he's probably going to get hurt. Then where's Jeremy Lin at? I mean, he brings I'll teams to the playoffs. Jeremy Lin's in our top ten. Jeremy Lin's ranked entirely too high. <laughs> but the fact that he's missed how many years and how many games, and you're going to put him there, and you're not going to cruise? Like, oh my god. Man. Jeremy Lin, I mean, first off, is a... Tom Thibodeau knows how to make the playoffs. Jeremy Lin, <laughs> in my... In my uh, at least understanding, is more of a leader than Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. I get it. Derrick Rose is a better player and more talented of all time. Uh, but Jeremy Lin is more of a leader. Hmm. He has proven to show that he has taken... He's proven to show? He, he's proved... 
What, what what are you talking about? He, he got the opportunity. He was given L.A., a team that was just, mm-hmm. this is you. You can be your own guy in L.A. Okay, and guess you. what? You choked. That was years ago. And recently, <laughs> that was coming off when of he the was, peak of his career, no. which was okay. the beginning of his career. And when was that? Five years ago. Yeah. And then he went to Charlotte. Charlotte. Then he went to Charlotte and became a leader on that team and helped players underneath him, like Kemba Walker. Mm -hmm. Then he went to Brooklyn and did the same damn thing. So he's been a leader for the past three years. And Derrick Rose is hurt ditching his team over the past three. Derrick Rose with five games. He's played 37 games in the last two years. Consistency. Mm -hmm. I mean... okay. Again, we're talking about the role of these players. Derrick Rose is now the sixth man on a team that's dysfunctional and is not going that's and, gonna be and a is going to get a ton of minutes. Last year before Great. Jimmy Butler got injured. Okay, if we're talking about injuries, Butler gets injured. Carl Anthony Towns has struggled. Mm-hmm. The only player that hasn't struggled is Andrew Wiggins. I don't think anyone wants him. I mean, he did anymore. dip actually, be, you know, pretty much the whole season when Jimmy was there. Well, and I mean, I'll versus throw versus average. Which, I'll throw this about? out. Wiggins I'm saying, wasn't as I'm good. saying Wiggins has not been injured. Oh, Wiggins injured. Is, Wiggins yeah. has been healthy. You know, that's the one nice thing you can't and say And same with Cat. I don't know why I said Cat's been absolutely fine. To bring up what you kind of mentioned in the Which last segment, <laughs> the two things that I think I are— I love Jeremy Lin, by the way. The one thing that has two <laughs> things is, because I had Derrick Rose above Jeremy Lin. I had Lin at nine and then Derrick Rose at five. Lin's going to be on a team that is not going to be in the playoffs. The week is—the East is weak, but the Hawks are not getting in. <laughs> Whereas no, no, Derrick Rose and the T-Wolves— <laughs> Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Probably a fringe eight seed if they do, but they're still in the run to make the playoffs in a tougher West. This is the final thing we're saying about Derrick Rose. <laughs> Are they making it because Derrick Rose? No, he will be injured. I and they're making it help. because of Carl Anthony Towns. I'll make an injury get injured. I'll make an Fine. injury bet. Uh, we're going 70. You all got 70 games? Fuck yeah. What do you, What do you? 100 bucks? You want to do 100 bucks? <laughs> I'll give you my life savings. You want to do 5,000 bucks, dude? Five thousand bucks on the fact that Derrick Rose is going to play. Oh, I mean, the I'll last give, time he I played you, seventy, I will give you seven. I will give you seventy and over, Dave. Seventy over five thousand dollars right now. Come on, I don't care. Here, I'll do this. No, the lines we're at, done. No, no, no. The lines at sixty-five. Take the over or the under. I will take the under. Okay, sixty-five. Dave's care. got the you, over. You want to take it to sixty? You want to take the, it to fifty? He's you've done. You got the under. Sixty-five's the line. We're Book, done with Derrick Rose. Matt, bookmark the timestamp so that we can remember this. Thanks, bud. We're done with Derrick Rose. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, Deion Waiters is the guy that I, I was looking at earlier. Well, no, that's Deion. the one that I want to bring up because... Okay, I'm bringing him up right now. It's my show. Shut up. Uh, 25. I had Deion Waiters at 25. You had Deion Waiters at 13. You pissed me off enough. Uh, 16, you had Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters coming off injury. He slows down Miami Heat. That's that's my thought process. Why Jim's Well, he's high. not even going to be the sixth man because I know as of right now, that, there's only reports. D-Wade's going to be the sixth man. Like, I wanted to say that so Heat fans don't get mad at us. Reports are coming out as we're recording... Wade, Wade County. It's it's D it's Wade no, County. It's no longer Waders County. Yeah, no longer Waders County. I like Dion, but D Wade's going to be the sixth man. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> Sean can't be mad anymore. I okay. <laughs> I've been a dick on this podcast. I know it. I don't care. I, it's I I've been upset for good reasons. Sorry, yeah. I don't. Uh, I'm not talking about Derrick Rose, but <laughs> Dion Waiters coming off injury, mm-hmm. he slows down the Miami Heat, and and Miami Let's Heat honest, is a very he probably well should have been in our starters, but we put what who at the no who Dion, at the two no Dion probably shouldn't be there because he's coming off an injury, and even though he started he, again, slows down that team. That team's probably better off without him. They're going to win more games with Dion, Dion Waiters there, uh, probably getting all less I'm minutes. Say is there's a debate for Josh Richard between Josh Richardson and Waiters County. I just I love Richardson. Richardson's one of yeah. my favorite players. That guy can shoot the lights out. 
plays good defense. Yeah. I love that kid. Waiters is a scoring black He's a chucker. Hole. You yeah. just say he's a chucker. That, that's what he does. That's who he is. I know it's not a polite term. I know it's, it's, it's a halfway offensive term to some basketball fans, but he's a volume scorer, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is that I can't put him any higher because what you said, it's pace of game, and mm-hmm. he doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't advance the ball. He doesn't do anything that helps that offense click, move faster, or play quicker. And that that's the thing. Like he's good. He's still young. Like I forget how yeah. young he is. He was he was an early pick from that uh the rebuilding Cavs franchise. And it was just like, dang, I wish well, you were better, but you're not. And I think the one thing with <laughs> waiters too is, you know, we talk about roles and scoring does play a, a part into how good a six man is. Yeah. But absolutely. again, we're talking about roles on a team and how how he fits into this team. Miami doesn't really need a chucker. They don't really need a scorer. They don't need a guy who's going to be a high volume scorer. The team basketball of the East. Exactly. They need a. They need a team. You know, they need guys that are going to move the ball around. They're going to need guys that play on both ends of the floor. Waiters is a one sided player, at least offensively. So that's why I had him so low. You guys obviously had him higher than I did. Um, but looking at other players, Trey Burke, kind of a chucker, right? Uh, he's he, <laughs> but he's a scorer they needed. That's the difference. Is that mm-hmm. that was a team that had a two guard that or a point guard, whatever you want to call Frank. I know he played the two, but mm-hmm. arguments, whatever. Who wasn't confident in his shot last year, so you needed someone who could force it in. You needed someone who was happy to take shots. Tim Hardaway and Trey Burke were a great combo. Like, that that was exactly what that team needed. Didn't make him a good team, but it's what they needed. You vouched for Trey Burke over Mario mm-hmm. Zonia, their new, new signing line. Yeah, for me, it was what I saw last year, and yet again, one of the things I look for from a six-man, maybe this is just me personally, is... I want points off the bench. If that first guy coming off the bench, I need instant offense while my first unit is getting rest. And for me, he was a spark for that team, especially scoring-wise with the points per game that he had. That's the only reason why I went with him over Hazonia. Plus, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest Mario Hazonia fan um, after I was very high on him coming out of or coming into his draft class. Well, my, my thing with Zonia is after they declined his option on 31st, his fourth-year option, he shot mm-hmm. 44% from the field, 32% from three, 81 from the line. Finally, it's 10 proof. points per game, 1.5 assists, 3.9 rebounds. But he was absolutely fantastic, really, once it came around to the new year. Um, he was killer from uh, about uh, the 30th. I got a... I, Screwing up on basketball. February thirtieth. Well, uh, no, it was going to be. Uh, sorry, it started the new year. So uh, January third, all mm-hmm. the way to the end of the season. At the start of the new year, twenty eighteen, um, shot forty four percent from three, thirty three percent from three, uh, three, but twelve points per game, uh, four point five uh, rebounds per game, uh, one point eight assists per game, four point one steals per game. He was good on both ends of the floor, and I think he's a guy that can do a lot for that Knicks team. He won't be that scorer. Um, for for uh, New York that Trey Burke will also won't be able to take off some uh, offensive pressures from Frank, but I think Hazonia is going to be more of a well-rounded basketball player to help that team out. I don't disagree, and I actually like Hazonia more, but I have to admit that Trey Burke, the last 23 games, he put up like 16, 6, and 2.5. And I mean, he was downright impressive. He he absolutely earns his spot, I think, here mm-hmm. in, in this mid-range. Uh, Hazonia is a guy who... We're gonna see where he lands, cause is but is the magic curse real? Like, mm-hmm. do players exit the magic better players than they ever showed on the magic? And we saw him get much better, like you said, uh, as the new year hit. So I don't know. I, I, I like him, but I think from a contribution standpoint, I think Trey Burke is going to give them more. 
then Mario Hazoni will. And just for Magic fans who don't know what we're talking about, Sabonis well, didn't really play for that team, right? He, he was drafted by. Uh, but yeah, but then ended up trading. But Victor Oladipo, yep. obviously, uh, you look at uh, Tobias Serge Ibaka, Tobias Harris. I mean, there's been a lot of players who have left the Magic and then went on and have played great. Um, I so, don't think Alfred Payton's going to be one of them, though. It's okay. No, Alfred Payton's definitely <laughs> not one of them. They made a smart choice in that one. Uh, any final thoughts? Dennis Schroeder, you guys already talked about um, when I wasn't here. Marcus Smart was a guy that I wanted well, to throw out. 13 uh, for him. That's a guy that, again, you look at his stats, you're like, why the hell is he here? But he provides a different role. He provides yeah. toughness for Boston. He provides defense, defense. for Dolphins. Uh, for Boston, he just give, he's a Boston guy. He's such such an important role to that team. Doesn't matter if he's you know missing every shot he takes. He's just a guy who his presence means a ton to him. him. Yeah, I mean he's a horrible he's, offensive he's player. He's just gonna take the three though. You leave him wide open, he's like maybe he shot like my lucky day. Thirty percent for three this year, which is honestly not too bad for him. For him. And also he was a pretty good player at no, Oklahoma he, State. He too. got hot at like the best times was the funniest thing about him. Like it was the it was the playoff game against Cleveland. He was yeah. up like thirty six <laughs> and shot like seventy percent for three. We're like, what the fuck did this come from? It was great. So yeah, no, I totally agree. He's an X Factor. He he is like the Boston version of Draymond Green. He doesn't like thrill the stat line. You know that Draymond has been, but like he doesn't absolutely amaze you on the stat line. But when you watch him play defense, lock down on someone. It is smothering. It is just absolutely disgusting the impact that he can have on that end of the court. And on offense, it's not that he's, I mean, he's a bad shooter, don't get me wrong, but he still will take shots. He will still force them to, at least at times, play him respectively and and pass the ball and make things happen. And obviously he won't be to this level of these players because these guys are you know, borderline Hall of Famers, if not Hall of Famers. Right. But if we're talking about Brad Stevens being the next Greg Popovich, I feel like this might be the first era of a pop like ah, guy, this might be a guy that stays around for a long time just because what he brings to the floor, what he brings to Boston. You know, he brings that defense, he brings that leadership, he brings that toughness. Like a you know Manu or Tony Parker later in their careers, obviously not in their primes, but later in their careers, they kept him around for the presence that they have. Right. I think Marcus Smart could be a guy like that in Boston for the next couple of years if they're able to you know keep him resigned. Well, and the guy I wanted to mention, you kind of went right over him yeah. was Schroeder here at the end was basically. How are the Thunder going to use him? Mainly because Russell Westbrook plays about 36, what, 34 to 36 minutes per game. If he can get more, he will. So it's like, yeah, you're probably not going to. I think the lowest that Russ has averaged minutes per game has been like 30 mm-hmm. in his career. Probably, so you're not going to get a ton of minutes with Russ on the bench. Do they maybe use him as a two guard next to Russ? Maybe when they need to pull Robertson off the court or. Knock on wood if Roberson gets injured again. I'm saying knock on wood that he won't get injured. Though. I think that's probably what they're going to use him. Not maybe a two guard mm-hmm. per se. It's just going to be a two guard backcourt. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would. With like him most playing likely, with Ross and PG. Yeah. Most yeah. likely it's just going to be design plays for Schroeder to you know carry the ball, handle the ball, and maybe just get you know PG open on yeah, screens. That way you just Russ swing Roberson to the four on defense. Yeah. And offense, to be honest with you. And, I mean, also him running the second unit, if they ever have a true second unit. Because um, Ross want, runs everything. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's just going to be something where you can put Roberson out there, you could put Paul George out there, and offensively, Shooter's still good. And Shooter yeah. can score, Shooter can dish the ball out. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is you can hide his defensive uh, problems with the defensive players that you do have on the Thunder when Russ needs a break. So. Yeah, I think the question for me with him is just his efficiency. Is going from you know a role on Atlanta where... He was asked to score all the time, and his shot selection was pretty poor. His efficiency dipped. You know, going to a team with playoff aspirations, again, where is he going to be? Shout out Thomas Sadoransky. We didn't talk about him too much, uh, but he's a guy. Thank you, Sato. 
uh, he's a guy that you definitely got to watch out for because six seven point guard played crazy good defense. Yeah. Definitely watch out for him. He's a guy that I think if if he shows his worth in the playoffs. Um, or is able to at least, you know, consistently, if, if Washington makes a deep run, that's going to be a guy that jumps up from a 20, maybe even up to where Marcus Smart is, um, especially over where Derrick Rose is. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. But let's jump in 1 through 10 for our six-man uh, for 2018-2019 season. Uh, you know, we've been uh, kind of ebbed and flow here. We started off really hot and heavy mm-hmm. with the, uh, the the hot takes. Yep. Then we dipped a little bit when we hit 21 through 30. Then we almost gave ourselves brain aneurysms <laughs> yelling about Derrick Rose. No, so you let's see how this goes. gave yourself a brain maybe, maybe we'll My fall brain asleep. is fine. Maybe we'll fall asleep on this one. Ricky, start us off with your personal rankings of 1 through 10. Well, starting out at number 10 from my Chicago Bulls, you got Bobby Portis. Then of the Atlanta Hawks, Jeremy Lin. Then the New Orleans Pelicans, Julius Randle. Then of the Golden State Warriors, Andre Iguodala. Then of the Thunder, Dennis Schroeder. Oof. The T-Wolves, Derek Rose. Oof. The Suns, TJ Warren. The Rockets, Aaron Gordon. The Pacers, Eric, Eric. Eric Gordon. Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon. Big difference. Different players. The Pacers, Tyreek Evans. And then number one, my most controversial, of the Lakers, Rajon Rondo. No, not most controversial. No? Not, not at all. No. <laughs> You, you, Derek Rose, Derek Rose was five, dude. I don't know. Derek nope. Rose most controversial, not even close. I don't think so. Um, we're not going to fight like we did about Rich I mean, Rondo. Bobby I'm Portis literally getting ten is controversial as well. But no, okay. I put no, him at eleven. Not. You're just wrong. Mm-hmm. Bobby Portis was six on Dave's. Uh, Dave, give us your top ten. Um, a top ten. Do you know what controversial means? <laughs> well, I mean anything I say is controversial. Cole. Is that wrong? <laughs> is that wrong? <laughs> give us your top ten, Dave. <laughs> at number ten, I've got Shandre Levendala, the living embodiment of Sean Livingston and Andre Guadala, for those who are joining us recently. Uh, number nine, I have TJ Warren. Number eight, I have Markel Fultz. Number seven, I have Jeremy Lin. Six, Bobby Portis. Five, Isaiah Thomas. Four, Rajon Rondo. Three, Julius Randle. Two, Eric Gordon. One, Reek. You know, we've been talking about T-shirt ideas. What we should do is uh, have a have a golden. We should make a Golden State Warriors uh, like a, a, a jersey, and then yep. put a, a, a living dollar on the back. I I'm in. Can for we it. get done? What's, like, what's like, it? Can we get copyrighted for that? No, because it's well, I'm literally the person who invented it. So. We'll, we'll, we'll screw up the logo or whatever. Um, what's the uh, what's living dollars? What's what, look up the numbers? Uh, <laughs> here's top ten for me. Uh, starting at ten, Marcus Smart of the uh, Boston Celtics at number nine, Patty Mills of the San Antonio Spurs. Eight, Rajon Rondo of the Los Angeles Lakers. Seven, Jeremy Lin of the Atlanta Hawks. Six, Isaiah Thomas of the Denver Nuggets. Five, TJ Warren of the Phoenix Suns. Four, Serge Ibaka of the Toronto Raptors. Three, Tyreek Evans of the Indiana Pacers. Two, Julius Randle now of the New Orleans Pelicans. And number one, Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets, which gives us a top ten. I don't know how this guy got Before in here because he was into not it. what. Andre Iguodala is nine. Sean Sean Livingston is thirty four. Just wanted to tell you that. Nine thirty. We'll figure it out. I'll figure out the number. Uh, and I don't know how this guy snuck in. The only person that put him in his top ten was Dave. But at number ten of the Philadelphia 76ers, Markel Fultz. It's for you, Jake. At nine, Serge Ibaka of the Toronto Raptors. Eight, Bobby Portis of the Chicago Bulls. At seven, Isaiah Thomas of the Denver Nuggets. At six, Jeremy Lin of the Atlanta Hawks. Five, T.J. Warren of the Phoenix Suns. Four, Rajon Rondo of the Los Angeles Lakers. Three, Julius Randle of the New Orleans Pelicans. Two, Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets. And number one, Tyreek Evans of the Indiana Pacers. Evans and Gordon were tied, but Jake broke the tie for us. Uh, so that means Reek is our number one six man. Also, shout out TJ Warren. 
A lot of Suns fans were upset that he wasn't a starter mm-hmm. for us. We made the choice. If you're upset with it, he's here. He's five. Well, I mean, and even like at the it. beginning of the year, I'm not throwing him under the bus by saying this. We even asked Z, and Z was like, yeah, they're probably going to, at the time, probably going to start Trevor Rees at the four, and TJ mm-hmm. Warren will be the six man. We also had him as six man last year, and yeah. he was a starter for the whole year. So also, yeah. Markel Fultz snuck in because you had Sean Jay Livendala lower. If you would add him mm-hmm. like two spots higher, he would have been 10. I'll take Markel Fultz. Um, let's talk about it. Markel Fultz really didn't play mm-hmm. a full year last year. Played a couple games. I think it was a overall couple at the like beginning, six. couple at the end. I don't know. It was like eight. No, he had more overall. Than that. I don't know. Uh, and then he, he didn't play in the playoffs at all. Uh, maybe outside of like a minute or something. Uh, but Fultz was the youngest player in NBA history. I know Jake will be upset if I don't mention it. To drop a triple double in a 14 NBA games. game, fourteen games for Markel Fultz. Obviously, the shot has been a big worry of him. He started off the season, was injured, and then took a time off from basketball, then came back. Some people might say I'm hypocritical because of you know calling out Derrick Rose for the same reason, but he wasn't a number one pick a year ago, and there's a ton of potential with Markel Fultz. It hasn't been tapped into, and also, Markel Fultz is 19 years old, 20 years old, I think now. Um, Derrick Rose is 30, so there's a 10-year age difference between these kids, and Markel Fultz is on a playoff team for sure in Philadelphia, where Minnesota is an iffy one. What are your thoughts on Markel Fultz, Dave? You had him the highest. I had him the highest. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I am hoping that Drew can fix his shot this offseason. I think he just psyched himself out too much going into the season. He, he did a lot of weightlifting during his uh, pre-rookie, like post-draft and pre-preseason uh, time. Like He bulked up considerably from where he was in college, which was kind of weird. And then, obviously, the shoulder injury. So... I think I think he had some troubles, and obviously, you know, he missed a good chunk of the season to rehab, get himself right. He never quite had the confidence back that we'd seen even in the summer league, like when he was playing. So, it's it was a disappointing rookie year, but at the same time, there's every reason to be ex- excited about him this year as there was last year because you still have uh, an amazingly uh, agile guard who is big, who is long, who is athletic, who has a, a really good court vision. Decent knack for getting rebounds, and obviously can be a score. He's great around the rim. I'm waiting to see that game continue to work back as he looks to get his shot back this year. No, for me, it's I originally had him at 10 and switched him with Bobby Portis last minute. And the reason why is, you mentioned this with Derrick Rose. I'm going to mention it with Markel Fultz. I need to see consistency. I need to see you consistently be going out there and showing us what we? Why the 76ers drafted you so highly? I mean, you put well, him at ten, then I put him at eleven. Eleven. I had him at ten. I switched him with Bobby Portis. Here's and, the thing, and, 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 and that's the reason. Like, I put him at eleven because I'm kind of in the middle. Where yes, I want to see more consistency, so that's why he's not in the top ten. Yeah. But I have him at eleven because I want to buy into what he can be and why the 76ers drafted him where they did. That's why I have an eleven where. I know what he can be and want him to be that, but he hasn't shown it to me. I don't think anyone's going to argue consistency for Mm -hmm. him at all. I don't think anyone's going to argue the fact that he needs to show us why he was picked number one. He needs to show us to you know how how he can play basketball. He needs to show a shot. He needs to show consistent defense. He needs to show his ability to drive. Again, we are buying into hype here. Because Markel Fultz has not proven anything to to anyone yet. He was a number Mm -hmm. one pick. It doesn't mean anything unless you go out there and do something with it. Well, it depends. How does he want to be mentioned? The number one pick that, yes, the 76ers made the right move, or be one of those players where it's like, God, you know, 
uh, he was okay. a bust. Like, I don't, which way do you want to go? I'm not well, saying he will be, but if but, it's... Real like, quick, the phrasing of your, your question of that was just dumb. No, what, what, because, what, like... How does he want to be remembered? Well, no shit, he doesn't want to be remembered yeah, as a bust. But, like, um, even... I'm not even saying, like, oh, he won't be... I'm not saying, like, oh, biggest bust of all time. I'm saying, like, if he doesn't prove a little bit what he can be... People will look back on it and go, man, that was a bust for the 76ers to trade up and go and grab him. Yeah, where I they mean, did. The, again, what we just need to see is him playing basketball. We need to see him out there you know, playing games. We need to see him out there being a contributor to his team, not stepping away from that game. Mm-hmm. Again, it might be a slow process. He might not be a guy that steps in, and he might not be able to show that shot right away. He might not be able to show consistency. He might not get consistent minutes as well because there's – I mean, this is a playoff team. They're going to meet – you know, in, in big games that he might be on the bench like he was last year. We don't know what his role is going to be. Again, we're buying into solely hype here. He was a number one pick. It doesn't mean anything once you put on that jersey. Um, the biggest thing with him, though, again, Dave, you know, you see him putting in the work. You talk, you you hear Brett Brown talk about him. Um, it, it's it's all high praises. And again, I fell in love with this kid uh, before the draft last year, uh, or you know, two years ago. I um, mm-hmm. absolutely fell in love with him. He was my favorite player. It wasn't close. Absolutely, you know, was enamored with his game. I love his length. I love his ability to drive. I love his shot from the outside. I just need to see that back. And even if it's in spurts, even if it's every now and then. I will be justified in putting him at 10 because those spurts can be absolutely incredible. And, you know, you look back through his Instagram, his first post that he has up there, November 20th, 2015, it's a quote, it says, start unknown, finish unforgettable. And it's one thing where last year he was kind of an unknown. He's an unknown right now. We don't know what this kid is, but he can be absolutely incredible. He can be the piece that takes Philly to the NBA championship in a couple years and wins them this final. When the Warrior Dynasty is done, the Philly dynasty, the process might be completed because of this kid. We said it after they drafted him, and it's not gone after one season. No. It's not gone after one failure of, 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 of a season. After 14 games, it's not dead in the water. This kid still has potential. I'm still buying into the hype. I still love him. And this is something where you know he's 12th right mm-hmm. now on my list, and he's 10th overall. I think there's so much for him to climb. He's probably not even going to be on the list next year, most likely, because you have a kid with a this talent. He's most likely going to be a starter. J.J. might be moved to the bench. This kid has talent. This kid has potential. If we're wrong, we're wrong. But this is a guy like Derrick Rose. I will root for him to succeed because he just seems like a good kid that, again, he just has a lot going on in his head. He just needs to clear his mind. I'm rooting for him. I think it's nothing where he's a bad guy. He seems like a good kid. He's young. Hopefully he can take all that, push that potential out, and be a great basketball player because I truly think he can be. I absolutely agree, and I think the funniest the funniest thing to me is the amount of, I'll say hate that goes on in social media around him because obviously he struggled. And I know there's a pretty big rivalry between Celtics fans and 76er fans on who mm-hmm. can be more louder about their rookies mm-hmm. uh, or young players in general and their futures. Like it, it's fair, but like I look at him and I go, worst case scenario, if last year is a sign of things to come for his future, he's a slight, he's a slightly worse Ben Simmons. Like, cool. I'm okay with that. I, I can live with that as my, uh, I mean, yes, as a number one player, you want him to be better, but like still he, he's a big guard with excellent passing skills, excellent rebounding skills, excellent finishing skills at the net. Like, yes, you want him to get the shot, but like worst case scenario, and I don't believe that will happen, but worst case scenario could be a worse Ben Simmons. And I think the one thing too is even though he could be a worse Ben Simmons as the floor, I still think his ceiling might be the best player on this team, or maybe you know one of the most important players on this team. Because yes, 
Ben Simmons is obviously that guy, the floor general. He's going to be dishing out assists. Yeah. He's going to be one of the best defenders on that team as well. But Fultz, last year what we saw, the best part of his game last year was his defense. Yeah. And that's going to be you know bolstered by having Embiid, by having Ben Simmons. He can be a guy that, at least in college, can shoot from the outside. He might be a guy that can come in and drop 25 a night. He can dish out six assists per game. He can grab six boards per game and be a plus defensively and be the best three-point shooter out of those three. He can Absolutely. be a guy that can change this team and possibly be the most important player to this team because Embiid's the leader, Embiid's the face. You know, Ben Simmons is the floor general, mm-hmm. and Fultz is the final piece. It could yeah. be the final piece. And I think this kid, again, sky's the limit for him. I'm not Absolutely. saying he's going to be better than Ben Simmons. I'm not going to say he's better than going to be better than Joel Embiid, but this kid can be flat-out damn good. Yep. Um, Fultz, good luck to you, kid. Um, but looking at the other guys, Jeremy Lin's a guy that you were wanted to talk about, Dave. We have him at six. You talked about Derrick Rose, his injury problems. Obviously, Jeremy Lin has his injury problems as well. Big part of my reasoning for him is that he's going to have to be a leader. And you look at who he's going to need to be a leader for, it's Trey Young. If he's a great leader for Trey Young, we might see the bust or sorry, the boom potential for Trey Young having a strong leader like Jeremy Lin. Not only what Jeremy Lin can bring to the basketball floor, and hey, maybe if Jeremy Lin gets traded to a different team where he can be a starter, um, but Jeremy Lin could be a leader to one of the future best point guards of this league in Trey Young. I don't disagree with you. I love Jeremy Lin. I got upset because, you know, if you want to throw a shot for a shot about injuries, he's one of the most snake bitten guys that I know. And it, it was honestly like I remember last year talking about this. It was so sad watching that opening game and watching him go down. And he knew, we knew. Well, I texted you. I mean, like, I was I like, was watching. I was like, it. I know. Was but it's like, I saw it happen. I'm like, I got to text Dave. It, it was it, like, <laughs> he I was. He needs consolements. I, I was, I didn't say, I, I'm not saying I cried, but like, I was, I was on to. the verge of. Like, it was sad. Because no, because I, I, I talked him up. I'm like, he can totally mm-hmm. lead this team. Like, he's been a great mentor for, for D'Angelo. Like, he is, he's the guy with his head on his shoulders. He's a smart guy, and he knows what he can do. And I just I look at him, and I go, I've got him high. You've got him high. We've all got him high. And I don't want him to be hurt again. But, like, that's going to be my fear every season is, like, can he get through a season without hurting himself? Can he get through a season without, like, the worst mm-hmm. luck ever happening? He's a good player. He's not a great player. He can't carry a franchise. That's that's clear. But what he can no, do is teacher. be hopefully a teacher. But hope, I, I still think he can contribute, like, 12 and four uh, mm-hmm. off the bench and i mean i think i think that's going to be his role and I, I hope that he gets there healthy well and you mentioned the 12 and 4 thing again i know obviously he's only played 115 games in the past three years but his averages over that year 12.7 points per game 3.7 assists 3.4 rebounds per game pretty much a steal per game and also 42 percent from the field 35 percent from three and 81 from the line i mean he is a guy that's going to be efficient unlike d rose um he's going to be a guy that is going to be a better ball handler uh sorry a better distributor than d rose and also he isn't a, as a greater scorer as d rose but he's still pretty capable yeah. and he's a guy that again with that leadership i think puts him over the edge of a guy I like think d it's rose. i don't know about I, leadership's a questionable word for him because i don't know that i've seen him in, go leadership but he's got experience he's been the most popular man in the world at one point in his career, well, Lynn Sanity, I, I would argue that that was the biggest thing in the in the world of NBA. Also, he yeah. was in the face of a shoe brand. D Rose is more popular worldwide, and D Rose is an MVP. At, at one point in time, the most popular name in basketball was Jeremy Lynn. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Like he he you has can make the argument that D Rose. He's was had too. a high high. I'm not saying he's Jeremy not. Lynn was more global. I'm not arguing points. I'm just saying leadership wise. Like the first thing I think is just experience. He can talk about going from the most popular man in basketball for That's a short right. period of time in the biggest media market and then going through the tribulations of dealing with 
angry veterans who, you know, are, are pissed mm-hmm. at you, going through injuries, going from this to that. Like, he's been traded. He's been picked up in free agency. He's, he's gone team to team to team. Like, he is a journeyman. And there's something to be said about that experience, that cool, that calm collective that he has, and the life experience that he can kind of share with a kid. And uh, Trey Young, who is coming to the league where he came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but he literally was like, on fire, top of the college world, and then all of a sudden you watch the the game adapt to him, what happened to his team, and the, the fact that he couldn't count anyone. Like I think there's a lot that he can work with him on and and really help his development, even just from a mental strength standpoint. And with Jalen, too, some people might say, well, he's been on three teams now over the past four years or whatever. Yeah. But also, you know, he went to Charlotte after you know his bad times in Los Angeles and Houston, um, not fully the fault of his own. Um, but then you look at the Charlotte Times, he was fantastic, contract was up, yeah. then went to Brooklyn, got a big contract, and then Brooklyn's like, well, we can't pay you coming off this injury, so they moved him. I don't think it's anything like a Dwight Howard situation. Um, I think I think that he does have a leadership ability into him. Ricky, you want to talk about your boy Bobby Portis now? No, I mean, with Bobby Portis, the Bulls were an interesting one for me because there were, to me, three guys you could have put here for the Bulls. The first one I was thinking right away was, oh, we didn't put Rolo at the five. Because he's, he's a, a snooze fest. Exactly. But it's like, it, I know Wendell Carter Jr. is easier to talk about and more fun to talk about. But it's like, oh, he's going to be starting. He's the five. But then it's like, yeah, or do you go with Justin Holiday, who averages the most minutes. But like Certified you said, Dave, chucker. he was given the green light to just chuck it. And then there's Bobby Portis, where it's like, he's not bad. He contributes to this team. And he is really good off the bench. And there was at one point where I thought he was going to do so well that we were going to, like, trade him this offseason. Like, all of my mock drafts had him being traded to the Grizzlies in some (laughs) way. And, I mean, with Bobby Portis, it's what can he bring off the bench? And is it, like, where's the balance of between offense to defense with Bobby? Well, and it's funny, too, because one of the guys I watch on YouTube, and he's a great guy. And don't get in the way because he'll punch you. Yeah, it was his funky diabetic, and he jokingly tweeted, but also at the time that it was popping mm-hmm. off, felt true, was that if only Bobby Portis and Nikola Mirotic could solve their differences, they could have led the Bulls to a title. Yeah. Um, and those guys were red hot when that, yeah. when Nico first came back, and it was impressive to see. Bobby's a guy, though, it's just like, again, what's the full thing? He, what, what, what's, the, what's the true presence he brings to mm-hmm. this team? Because is Bobby Portis going to be a guy that helps them win games and, and, and wins games enough where it's calculable mm-hmm. and also how many games is this team going to be a playoff team because you have a great bench guy in, in Bobby Portis and possibly a Wendell Carter Jr. or Rolo uh, or a Justin Holiday. I mean, Dave, what, what what are we seeing in Bobby Portis? Why did you have him at six and ranked him the highest out of all of us? He was just a monster off the bench. He would take over games against second units because his level of energy off the bench was pretty much unmatched. He was aggressive in the low post and an aggressive one-two punch, whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. But like, he he gave a shit, and I think that was the biggest thing because that Bulls team had very low expectations last year. You know, we were a team that had basically been like, well, we'll see what we get with guys off injuries, and we started the year like 3-20 and 20 pretty much. <laughs> like, it was not, you know, a thrilling time to be a Bulls fan. It was still very much questions about everything, but he was the one constant. And then as soon as, like you said, when Nico came back, we got to watch them ha- basically go from one dominating to the other dominating with very little downtime between he he's just an aggressive player in the low post who I think, you know, made the made a very compelling case for six man of the year because 
what he brought to that team was a sense of legitimacy, was a sense that we're still in games that we have no right to be in. We mm-hmm. comp- we consistently see that six men complement lineups and complement certain players that, it, that they're out there with. Yeah. Um, being Bulls fans yourselves, which lineups do you think that Bobby Porras will fit in? Will it be ones with Marketing? Will it be ones with Levine? Will it be ones with you know Jabari Parker? Um, Chris Dunn, which players and which matchups or in which lineups do you think that are really going to show Bobby Portis's best assets and really take how you know help him you know showcase his game? I know you guys put him as a starter, but I look at Wendell, and the reason why is what was the one thing Playing that was alongside like Wendell Carter. exactly, okay. and what was the one thing that we knocked Bagley for? Coming out into the draft. Doesn't play a lick of defense? It doesn't play a lick of defense. And that Wendell Carter had to help him out a bunch. And that, oh, that Duke team looked better almost defensively when it was just Wendell Carter out there. I feel like Wendell Carter's a guy where, because I'm expecting Wendell to be with the second unit to start. Although we did put him in our um, starting rankings to where with Bobby... Yes, he can play some defense, but he's not the most ferocious defensive enough, player. Like, 1.9 DBPM. But, I mean, like with Wendell, maybe then it's like, okay, not all of the defensive responsibility is on Bobby, where Wendell can be more of that defensive guy. Bobby can let his offense go and well, work with that 4-5 magically with the second unit of, like, if – Clutchison is out there, if Justin Holiday's out there, and what the rest of that, exactly. if campaign is the... I honestly, I'll say Hutchison, that. yeah. Clutchison. Chandler Hutchison uh, is yeah, Clutchison. Clutchison. Uh, you know, want to be Scottie Pippen in our mm-hmm. dreams, pretty much. Um, <laughs> no, I, the guy I, I, we promised we were going to take. I think, I think the question is, you know, small ball five basically being that's in that starting lineup, uh, essentially just replacing the five with Bobby Portis, mm-hmm. is one spot we could see him in. The other one, I think, actually is being a prominent role in that second unit. I think campaign, interestingly enough, is going to be a decent player. He was last year, to my I like hope. complete doubt. Like I, I, I had him written off. I was like, wow, this is. But what this, about you? Alicuno, might be able Dave? to write him off soon. I we'll mean, see. again, consistency with but campaign. I, I look at him as he's the guy of the second unit. He's the guy. It's him. It's campaign. And Justin Holiday holding down the fort, and they're going to be able to make shots. They're, I mean, Cam not so much, but the other two guys mm-hmm. can make shots, and we'll see what we get. We've got a shit ton of guards. Like I think Antonio Blakeney is due for a breakout year this year, so I'd love to see him in that second year with these guys and just, you know, 100% offense, 100% go time, and just high energy unit. How we're going to end the podcast? We're going to talk about mm-hmm. the uh, our, our top three guys. Uh, Dave, you had Tyreek Evans at number one. You had Rondo at number one. You had uh, and I had Eric Gordon at number one. Uh, however, let's just get to the guys we haven't talked about. Serge Ibaka now going to the six man role. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. Still a good defender. Still a good you know three point shooter on the outside. Yeah. Um. I mean, at least for his size, um, he's going to be a guy that's you know interesting to see how he you know goes to that role. Maybe we see him you know kind of turn back to where he was in OKC, a guy that was really kind of slept on and was a really great player. Uh, for the OKC team. Uh, another guy, Isaiah Thomas. I think I had him the highest. No, Dave, you had him the highest at five. I had him at six. I think going to Denver, um, getting clear of everything that was last year and also being healthy is going to be Double the offense, huge double the defense. And that's the thing, is he's going to be on a, a team that's going to accentuate his best assets in being an offensive player. And he doesn't have to be a ball handler. He can be a guy that you know runs off screens. And having big bodies like Jokic, Millsap, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, this is gonna, some legs. Yeah, this is going to be something. Oh, where, what was Jake's comment? I, I forgot. Uh... Jake, Jake was calling Isaiah Thomas. Oh, a troll. A, a troll. troll. He called yeah. him a troll. It was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> he said that would that would make Celtics fans upset. A big thing with Isaiah Thomas was his ability to run off picks um, yeah. in, in Boston. 
this is I mean, hopefully they'll be able to work that into this Denver team. I think he's going to be really good in Denver. I think he's going to be able to you know use his best assets his and there. help that like, that's team the thing out. Is, but these won't be Brad Stevens drawn up picks. That might be the big thing. Yeah, my my concern is just if his hip ain't right. Like I'm just I'm I'm gun shy on him. Like I don't think that I I don't think he's in the clear yet. The fact that he had to go back and have it cleaned out again. The fact that I see that could happen again and mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. It really is concerning because. He's all about his speed. He is amazing, you know, running to the lane and running behind guys, getting off screens. But, like, if the hip's not right, you're, you you can't last. And that's why I had him outside the top ten. That's fair. And, again, you know, some people are going to be crap because, yep. again, you know, Isaiah Thomas, D. Rose, both guys injured. But also Isaiah Thomas has had one major injury where D. Rose has had several major injuries. Yep. So um, that's the biggest reason why I think, you know, Isaiah Thomas at least can prove to me or, you know, at least has to prove to me that he can't stay healthy yep. uh, before I drop him completely off. Um, and then finally, uh, the other guy, the other two guys we have to talk about, T.J. Warren. Shout out T.J. Warren. You know, you can't shoot from the outside, uh, but damn, this guy's fun to watch. Absolutely phenomenal scorer. Um, and he's going to be a guy that when you know they need scoring, and Ariza's not a, a great scorer when Josh Jackson isn't able to score, and Devin Booker might maybe have an off night, he's going to be able to come in and provide offense to the Suns yeah. team, which is going to be extremely necessary um, for this young team. T.J. Warren's a great player, um, and he could definitely be a starter on a different team. And he's probably in the wrong era, but I, I fucking love T.J. Warren, so shout out T.J. Warren. Shame he doesn't win games. And also, Jesus Christ. I'll uh, say it. Final person is Julius Randle. Uh, ends up being at three, even though he didn't get a number one vote. I put him at two. Uh, Ricky, you put him at eight. But the biggest news here <laughs> is that Dave Oster put him at three above Rajon Rondo Who I after love. three years <laughs> of me talking up and hyping up Dave to Julius Randle. You came around. He's a good player. Look, I know. I know. My, my Look, the, the problem for me is like situationally, he couldn't have asked for a better team to go to. He gets to play alongside Anthony Davis and some amazing shooters on the outside, a la Drew Holiday, Nico. Like, this is a great fit for him, and I think that's the biggest thing. I I saw what he was able to do last year when given the chance because, honestly, that Lakers team was hilarious to watch, like, the ebb and flow of their season going from, like, uh, we know what we're doing, we don't know what we're doing, we definitely don't know what we're doing. Oh, God, what are we doing? Into like okay, we we we've got an anchor that is Julius Randle that we can kind of work around, and I I I get it. He's he's a good undersized big who has decent athleticism who can go out and guard guys a little bit, but he got wee little arms. But outside of that, he's he's a good player. And he gets to play with big men like uh, Anthony Davis like and Ja, big real big men and Ja. And Ja's like small forward, forward now. Mm-hmm. Remember Ja's small forward dream. Well, the thing I was going to mention is I know that most of this is because Dave's. You, when you've explained Julius Randle, you haven't been high on him. But if you I actually look, for years. if you actually look at the rankings, yeah. of course, this is power forward. Twenty sixteen, Dave had him on the highest at twenty. What? Both you and I had him at twenty one, mm. and then in twenty seventeen, Dave had him lowest at sixteen. Sean and I had him at fifteen. So I mean, I, so I he wasn't talk a lot that of shit low about him, on but him. I think he just I, talked. We're, we're very close in the rankings. I just have a different perspective of him. I think my thing is that. I think when it was in 2016, I was talking about that being the year he jumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah. the next year, I was talking about that's that the, the year, year he's, he's going to jump, jump. And he jumps. <laughs> so did that, he really, that's the biggest did thing. Did he really jump? He jumps. He doesn't have much hops. If, it's well, kind of like, hey, the world's going to end. This is going to be the year. Don't that. go very high. But I'm talking like you look at the power forwards now. If he'd probably be higher than 15. He's probably better than, he's better than Dirk. 
He is He's better than Dirk. So there He's we go. Uh, and then finally, uh, we'll get to the uh, the important stuff, and that is defending our number one picks. And we will go to Dave first. You have the number one guy. You have Tyreek Evans, yeah. the guy that Jake decided to be the number one player. Defend his ranking. Uh, he was phenomenal last year. He was like back to rookie Tyreek Evans levels of good on a team that did not deserve to have him. Like they play like straight up G leaguers alongside him, like Marcus All plus a bunch of bums equals that Grizzlies team. I think the fit for him is going to be interesting. Uh, secondary ball handler next to Vic is necessary. Obviously, Darren Collison, Ricky thought was a top ten point guard, good shoot from the outside, but like. Not necessarily the guy you want with the ball in his hands at all times uh, when Vic doesn't have it. So I think he's just right now the most talented guy available. Uh, I, I put him over Eric Gordon, and I love Eric Gordon. The thing is, Eric has a great shot, but I think Chris Paul's addition and the way James Harden's changed in the one year after seeing that, I know where his role is, and I know it's gone down another notch. And with Carmelo coming in, it, I, I see and more Brandon offense. Knight. I see more offense going away from Eric Gordon and more and them asking more of him defensively in non-nice matchups. Um, so that's why I'm like, look, Tyreek Evans is going to go to Indy. He's going to be the leader of that second unit, who I like. I like what they're doing. I, that's a great young team to look at a franchise. And he, he's a veteran leader. He can give you a little bit of everything. He plays everything. So it's just he, he's a really great all-around player. Defend your pick, Ricky. For me. Defend the Rondo honor. Yeah, my Ron, Rondo at number one to me, I feel like he is going to be the most valuable six man to his team this year. And it's not just because of his play on the court and what he brings, but because he's going to have the job of coaching up Lonzo Ball, kind of making sure that A, Lonzo's not soft and that he brings around, he brings along Rondo, kind of like what Rondo was to a young Bulls team, and we talked about the dysfunction earlier with that when you mentioned D. Rose getting kicked out of town, and John Rondo will be the most important person to the Lakers this year, in my opinion, and for me, and this goes into why I had Andre Iguodala where I did, in the playoffs, that is where his play on the court is going to be the most valuable, and one of him and Lance Stevenson, I would say, are going to pay dividends in the playoffs and why my hot take at the beginning of the podcast will come true with the Lakers going to the Western Conference Finals. You think Rondo's going to be more important to the Lakers than LeBron James? Well, LeBron, duh. But I mean, like, besides LeBron. You said he's going to be the most important player. No, I mean, like, the most value. Like, LeBron makes the team go, but Rajon Rondo is going to be that extra piece. There's a reason why LeBron wanted Rondo. Like, all these additions that the Lakers have made, Magic Johnson talked to LeBron about. There's a reason why he wanted that. And I'm not saying that he's the number one guy on this team, but without him, this Laker team will be vastly different than what they were, what we will see with him out there on the court with them. I'm not going to co-sign every LeBron decision. No, I'm not co-signing this team right now with Michael Beasley, with Lance Stevenson, with JaVale McGee, like... I mean, again, I, I said, like, they were going in the bargain bin. They were picking up as many pieces as they could. However, the one signing I did like was Rajon Rondo. I did have him at eight, and that's because, yes, he is important in some aspects during the regular season, especially with those younger players. Um, and I understand his the playoff Rondo. I know there's a switch that he flips. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, we're talking about going into the regular season. 
There yeah. are 82 well, games for sure in the regular season. There and with could these, be four. Yeah, that's how it works. With, there could be four in the playoffs for the Lakers. With these top players in the six-man rankings, with most of them, most of their team, like except for some few, if your team is going to be in the playoffs, I am going to heavily put what you bring to your team in the playoffs in your ranking, especially as a six-man, because that's when the rotations get smaller and a player that is that first off the bench, his role is the microphone, or not the microphone, the microscope is on your play. I understand that, but I'm just saying that, again, for 82 games, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a regular season. There might be four for the Lakers this year. We don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. They could go to the Western Conference Finals, like you said in your hot take. I just don't see that happening, and I don't think we're going to see much of Rajon Rondo this year. Uh, mm. I'm sorry, of playoff Rondo this year. And, you know, again, I, I think maybe I could have put him above Jeremy Lin. Um, I probably messed up there. Um, but I just, I, I'm not the biggest Rondo fan. I understand that he's crazy good in the playoffs. But, again, so that's, that's a very small is, percentage is people of people have actually checked games. the stats, and they're not that different between regular season and playoffs. But it's it's, more it so... seems like his defense gets better. He seems, It's like... Lots of seems like advanced stats tell a different story, which is f- interesting because I can point to numerous occasions in the past where I'm like, man, look at that right there. That That is playoff Rondo. That's a, the the prime example. And it's like, I'll, I'll be fair. I don't watch him that closely in the regular season, even when he was on the Bulls. Like, I watched, shit, I probably watched about 70 Bulls games that year because I was weirdly interested in that team, go, getting the youth movement, you know? Uh, but, like, th- the thing is, is he's just... A super smart guy. He's he's basically you already have a coach in uh, Luke Walton. You had another coach in LeBron James. You're adding a third coach in Rajon Rondo. So you've got three guys out there who are smarter than a, a high percentile of NBA players, and even some coaches. I'll toss it out there. I'll be that guy. And I think that what he can do from an offensive standpoint, as far as uh, making sure that the right passes are made, making sure that the right guys get the open looks. And knowing when to take the open shot because people are giving it to him. And guess what? He no longer shoots a poor percentage from three. No. Because people give him, you know, way too little credit for what he can do because people just don't guard him. I think the biggest thing for Rondo, at least the playoff Rondo switch, is that, you know, uh, the past two years, um, 26 minutes for the Bulls, 26 minutes for the Pelicans. And then you see that climb up to like 33. Yeah. You see more minutes. You see the assist numbers jump up to like 12. You see the points jump up to 11. Um, and then also you see the the change that him and Drew Holiday had uh, well, guarding was... <laughs> against Dame and C.J. McCollum. That was hilarious. And that was different than the, the Chicago Bulls thing. It wasn't really the change in the lockdown defense that, again, you know, that, that, that they – he was playing great defense. We I'm turned it on about uh, two weeks ago um, to make sure we got there. Yeah, but at least with, you know, playoff Rondo for that, he yeah. was being a leader. He was being a floor general that was very much needed. Again, I just think that – He's not going to be the most important floor general on the team. He's not going to be the most important leader. He's not going to be the guy that they need. Last year, the Pelicans needed him. The Bulls needed him the year before. They need LeBron James this year. They don't need Rajon Rondo. Is Rondo going to help? Yes, but I don't think enough to warrant number one ranking. But again, whatever he ends up at four. Um, I put Eric Gordon there. I know you mentioned uh, you know his his declining role, especially with Melo. Potentially, um, yes. But I think that he is still a player that you you need to watch out for. He's a guy that again he could be probably a top ten shooting guard if we put him in there. If he was a starting you know if he's starting shooting guard on any other team, this guy's got m- massive talent. He has the ability to go out there, drain shots left and right. And you saw that this team struggled. 
against Golden State, and especially in Game 7 where they were missing threes left and right. He was 2 of 12 from 3 in that game. Mm. And he's a guy that, again, when he's hot, when he's ready, when he's coming off the bench, he's a difficult matchup for any team to guard. And that was a massive reason why that team was so successful the year before and last year. Eric Gordon, I understand that you know now he's got CP3, they got James Harden, um, but Eric Gordon you know brings another level to that team um, and another threat to that team. And now you add Brandon Knight, two guys that I consistently messed them up for. It was uh, Bledsoe, it was Brandon Knight, and it was Eric Gordon. I think those two, Brandon Knight could possibly help um, Eric Gordon possibly switch to uh, another level because those guys were always injured. Those guys were always you know on and off. Um, a, a lot of talent on those two players. Um, and now Eric Gordon's been able to turn that tide. He's been able to come healthy and really find a new room to grow. I think him also mentoring a guy like Brandon Knight and trying to help him you know, maintain health and also you know, turn a new leaf in his career could be absolutely huge. And those two, alongside the already great guards they have in the starting lineup, could be something massive where you know we worry about Houston losing a lot of depth, losing a lot of you know uh, players that were crucial last year. Maybe they're able to just change again. D'Antoni's able to flip another switch and really bolster this team. I think Eric Gordon you know, has been fantastic the past two years, um, been massively efficient, and I think we're just going to see uh, that continue this year. So you know, it's a fair bet. Thoughts and just just to clarify, you know, Lou Williams, the reigning Six Man of the Year, mm-hmm. you know, not a Six Man because we have him as a starter at this point in his career. Will he be? We'll see. Uh, and the third guy in voting last year was Fred Van Vliet. Obviously, we're having Serge Ibaka here uh, mm-hmm. because of the change. We'll see where Fred lands is at next year. You know? But Fred's fantastic. Yeah. And Fred no, would probably no be, taking away from that. Fred would probably be exactly where Ibaka is, or even probably even higher. Yeah. Might even be higher than Jeremy Lin. Um, so shout out for Van Vliet. Yep. But, uh, but again, Ibaka was a starter last year, so that's why we yeah. got to give it we're to him. We're giving props for that. Yeah. And, you know, with Valanchunas, with OG Anunoby, I mean, it's most likely he's going to see more playing time than Fred Van Fleet with, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and Kyle Lowry um, out there on the floor. Any final thoughts, guys? Uh, no, not that I can think. The I've, only thing I would say yeah. with the Eric Gordon thing, and I kind of agree with Dave, because I had um, Reek and Gordon at 2-3, is... Another thing is I looked at the addition of Brandon Knight of from that trade mm-hmm. with the Suns. That's another person you're adding to this team, especially in the backcourt where it's like that might play into a little bit of how they use Eric Gordon and how that second unit looks to where, like Dave said, Reek, he's going to be running the second unit in Indy. I think, you know, it might take down his usage, but also I think it's just going to be seen as Eric, you've been here for three years. Now you're the leader of the second unit. When mm-hmm. you know we're struggling the starting lineup, and we need shots to be made, you need to be a leader. Not only you know scoring the ball, but also distributing the ball, and also just being a guy that can help these guys uh, acclimate to this team, like a Carmelo Anthony, like a Brandon Knight. Um, that's gonna do it. We've talked a lot. We've talked uh, at least eighty minutes between this and the hot takes, and then about fifty minutes for the other one. So this is gonna be a very long podcast. We yeah. want to thank Jake for being on the podcast and for being a patron. We want to thank you for watching. Let us know any comments you got down in the comments below. Um, also, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes if you can. And check out mostvalpodcast.com so you don't miss any full podcasts, any articles, and any segments that are posted. Also, check out the store so you can buy some MVP merch. That's going to do it for Dave Oster. For Ricky Wimmer, I'm a very tired Sean Anderson. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.